the pizza party podcast who are you people i'm pan pizza oh hey it's jim someone um i'm gary gary and we have a special guest me casey casey green hi casey green but first gary explain who you are because you were on the podcast a couple times forever ago yeah who are you uh and everybody hates me no i'm just kidding yeah i i i created a web series called failing upward that's coming out on august 3rd and then um i also do some work with trauma uh trying to do animated film festivals and stuff like that so that's basically who i am remind people what failing upward is failing upward is uh, an animated web series about two best friends who kind of just talk about their lives over the phone with weird and silly surreal flashbacks and yeah it's just kind of like a fun little slice of life piece and where's uh, it going to show up on youtube okay links to that below but on your youtube channel it's not up yet it's going to be out august august 3rd yeah august 3rd and casey green who are you i'm mostly a cartoonist uh who did gun show i do he is a good boy now uh my animation credits uh i did Include an episode of Adventure Time. I guest storyboarded, mm-hmm. uh, and I've done several storyboard tests for shows that I never got heard back from. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no big deal. I like drawing comics better, so. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people will recognize Casey as a. I think one of your most recognizable works is that one meme of this dog sitting in a a house on fire. And yeah, the dog on the This Is Fine Dog. Yeah, This Is Fine Dog, that guy. Will it? <laughs> Explain the context of that scene, because... Uh, it was just a comic from Gun Show about uh, about ignoring your problems, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I guess that is relatable to everyone, no matter who you are. And just sort of two years later actually became like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it took two years for it to become a meme. It took two years for someone to turn it into a... Uh, uh, find find the one sentence that made it relatable to everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's something about college mm. uh, exams or something, and then it just blew up on Instagram and everywhere else. There is what I remember. Although, um, has the has the popularity of that meme helped the comics or no? Sometimes, I suppose. Yes, I think it has. It has helped more than hindered. Like everyone will use it, and some might not know, but like. A cursory Google search of it will find you to me. So yeah, gun show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which didn't you also have it animated for Adult Swim as a bumper? Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that's another animation credit. Uh, they they animated this is find for an Adult Swim bumper. They meaning Schmorky. Actually, I worked with Schmorky to animate that, and they also did uh, nine other little gun show shorts that are just like bumpers, ID bumpers for Adult Swim. Oh yeah. What and, do, like, uh, most of them are posted on YouTube. I'll put that a link in the description because Adult Swim bumpers today are what MTV bumpers were in, like, the 90s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I, agree. I, follow, yeah, no, definitely. I follow that one YouTube channel that is just the Adult Swim IDs, and there's, like, a lot of good shit. Oh, yeah. Just, like, a lot of, like, great weird animation and stuff on that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So fun. I think only Adult Swim is the one making all these cool bumpers, and everyone just kind of ignores them because, like, I'm watching TV and like there's no transition between the show I'm watching and the commercials. They just they just cut to the commercials. No. Although bumper IDs are not really necessary anymore because back then uh, you didn't really have a TV guide inputted into your 
into your TV, so you had no idea what channel you were watching unless you had those bumper IDs and stuff. That's a good or point. You, I never realized that. No, you didn't either. Even what show you're watching, like, and if the TV guide was off, you might think a show's name something incorrectly <laughs> and not be able to find. So you actually needed them, but now you actually don't at all. So. Yeah. I mean, I remember. Yeah, I remember when I was a, a kid, you would just flip to the channel that had all the. Um, the show listings on it and just watch that for like 10 minutes and then just get an idea of what's coming on and what's, oh, what's on already. Yeah, the TV that, Guide channel. Oh, that yeah. channel was like, and you'd watch these ads for show, the like movies that were coming on pay-per-view and you'd yeah, be like, oh yeah. man, Loaded Weapon 1's on. Maybe we should watch this. <laughs> I love Emilio Estevez. Because you would, you would eventually uh, get really used to that ad because you're wa- waiting for it to go through all of the channels mm-hmm. and that takes like it would take like five minutes as i yeah. recall and so and if you did that enough you'd be like man i'm getting re-, like loaded weapon being on pay-per-view for me was a bigger i saw that ad more than when it was actually in theaters I remember because <laughs> i was like actually no that was from a beach trip we took and the only cable channel that worked was the TV Guide channel, but since I was such a TV kid, it was just on all the time. And I still haven't seen Loaded Weapon One, so maybe it was bad advertising. Maybe, but maybe I, it's maybe it's time to see Loaded Weapon One, Jim. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did watch the ad for an entire weekend. So. <laughs> Come on, you have to have some curiosity as to if it is good or not. <laughs> I mean, it's a parody with Sam Jack. It's a, a Lethal Weapon parody, yeah. and I think Sam Jackson's one of it. Is is Emilio Estevez in it? It's Emilio Estevez and um. And oh, Sam Jackson. Else in it. I'm, this is slipping my mind. No, it's yeah. Sam Jackson's in it, I think. Yeah, and Emilio Estevez. Yeah, that, oh my God. there's something else in it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, somebody. Yeah, else. I'm trying to, like, can't remember who it is, though. Um, but, but yeah, I, I've i seen it. It's not bad. There, there's some funny scenes in it. Yeah. The TV Guide channel, like, I think that's still in, a, like, hotel rooms now, but, like, um, one half, of, the top half is just, like, a bunch of commercials, and the bottom half is just scrolling slowly through all these channels showing what's on, and this is what we did before, like, all these dish networks and direct TVs and whatever. I remember um, when I would go on trips to Vermont, uh, their TV Guide channel was also the local weather channel, so it would have this creepy robot voice. Um, talking over all the like display, so it, it I like just watching that at night, kind of trying to see what was on, was really really like unsettling for some reason. <laughs> There's no one hosting the uh, Weather Channel there; it's just a robot. No, no, it's it's just yeah, it's just like a robot voice that's programmed to tell you what the weather is every like two minutes. Wait, this was on a trip as well. Yeah, this was this was on my like Vermont trips. See, I. Actually, I remember I had a trip to North Carolina, and there was a channel that was just commercials. Mm-hmm. There's no programming, and it was all local commercials, so it was even better. And that's I kept watching it, and there, all, the only ad I remember was like, the only complaint we get is we give them too much food. <laughs> <And that's>, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. But uh, going back to Casey, like, um, you also created the uh, webcomic, um, what's it called? The Anime Club, which I love the most. Yeah, that was a part of gun shows, like a half, it was like a story inside of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was that was a long time ago. Was it inspired by um, Welcome to Eltingville? Yes. Okay, of course. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, I like I, I love the pilot that Adult Swim had the first time it ever came on. I'm so glad. I'm so sad it did not yeah. make it to a bigger thing. Um, and I loved that and this other uh, short that was on YouTube. Um, it was by I think the two guys now like write for Steven Universe. Um, oh, I know what you're talking Ronin, about. Ronin Dojo Community High DX. 
think I know what that's what it's called. Was yeah. it with these it, LARPers? Uh, the, he did one about LARPers, but these are just about like two like big nerds going to a midnight release for uh, a game and being thwarted by some like like their nemesis who's a big blogger. I, I'm trying to remember <laughs> this, but I saw this forever ago. But there was like some FBI person finding them for pirating stuff. Yes, that's part of the, the uh, that's part of the um of like the later oh, area okay, yeah. uh, later episodes. And no. you are they did they did do another short that was about LARPers at the at a uh, <laughs> at, at like someone doing a retelling of the birth of the Christ in a manger and stuff. <laughs> and then LARPers come on stage and fuck them up. I was going to say, I, I really do have like a lot of nostalgia for all these kind of pop culture, like nerd based shows from like the early 2000s and to the mid 2000s. But even kind of going back, like I feel like while though like the pop culture references are some of the funniest stuff in those shows like it does get kind of dated um i think oh, it I, yeah course. i think mileage may vary depending on how good the joke is but um yeah i'm kind of looking at some uh stuff for this now uh this the show you guys were just talking about and like oh man it is covered references <laughs> We'll just talk about Ice Age. <laughs> there you go. Ice Age and Pokemon Go. I, I could I could rehearse the entire trailer. I've seen it so many times. Oh my god, that scrat trailer. Oof. Meteor shower. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> oh and Stev's here, everyone, because uh, Stev's late, but now they're here. Yay. Yay. Hey. Hey. But uh. <laughs> but currently, uh, we have the guest. Casey Green, who worked on a bunch of these comics like The Anime Club, well, Part of Gun Show, that one meme with the dog that says, this is fine. That stuff. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's, I, oh, like, I love the way you say it, work, man. <laughs> my extensive work on that one meme. <laughs> yeah, the meme guy. It's an awesome meme. because it, <laughs> yeah. it, It's like you could be like, like, how I feel about living in America, how I feel about taking a <laughs> yes. poop. Anyone, <laughs> even if you don't agree with each other politically, that 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 comic can speak to anyone. Yeah. Even even with some shit, you've brought us together, Casey. You don't you don't need to agree with it politically. You just have to agree that the whole world is burning down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this this is fine right here. Someone animated it, and I've been using it as a gif as a re reaction oh, to yeah. some people. Oh, we were just talking about that. Shorky was the animator for all those Adult Swim things, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it just it found new life as a GIF now. <laughs> I think back to the one episode of Pac-Man: The Ghostly Adventures where, for some reason, Pac-Man gets inflated. I don't know, maybe through some fetish thing, but he gets inflated. Is this is this the series, The Ghostly Adventures? Oh yeah, the cartoon. When he gets inflated, he says, "Oh man, I'm a meme. This would be funny if it wasn't so horrible." Oh man, I'm a meme. <laughs> I don't understand what that's supposed to mean at all. Boy, what did that mean? <laughs> Pac-Man The Ghostly Adventures was a wow. weird show. Let's still go. We don't have to oh. see that version of Pac-Man anymore and we can live with the Smash Brothers version. Did it get canceled already? I don't know. A couple months ago, I remember seeing commercials saying, hey, watch us on Netflix because we're not on Disney XD anymore. Oh. <laughs> can I spell Pac-Man again? And the Ghostly Wait, was that a real question? I was I was saying to see if it was still on. Oh. Paul Rugg created this. Paul Get Rugg here. What? Paul Rugg. No, no, no. He... Paul Paul Rugg. Okay. The other guy. Oh, Paul. 
that's the other the other cool Paul Rugg Freakazoid. Paul, yeah. Paul Rugg. That that sounds like the discount uh, version of Paul Rudd. <laughs> the Mad Magazine parody of Paul Rudd. Yeah, like you're meeting Paul Rudd for a, like a date on Tinder, and you show up and go, "No, I'm Paul Rugg," and they're like, oh, "God damn it!" Oh, damn. The Asylum version of Paul Rudd. <laughs> the Asylum. <laughs> We were talking about the anime club. I mean, the welcome to Eltonville and just our love of that kind of like nerd humor in cartoons. Yeah. Like it doesn't really appeal to a lot of people. It's very esoteric, but I like that. It, I still like that it happened and it exists. Oh, yeah. Like a very, thought, yeah. like a very esoteric uh, show got made. Mm-hmm. Well, that <laughs> was like kinda... none of the people animating it got anything or whatever. Yeah. That was uh, the style I read it. Like, in the 90s, there was a lot of esoteric jokes, but then it kind of, like, verged away from it um, quite dramatically, I think, because a lot of people would watch and go, what is what is this? Yeah. I don't get a lot of these jokes. And if you look at, like, how, like, I think one of the reasons Family Guy got so big is it's not necessarily, like, esoteric. It's it, If it is, it uses its esotericness to be very broad. And people like, I think especially now if you look at modern simpsons uh although people don't maybe bad example because no one likes that anymore but like people like being able to be in on the joke and if they're like what what is it what is this joke it seems like people kind of rejected that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. sadly so how old, how do you feel that family guy does it right then broadly i mean there's been family guy jokes I like. I mean, just because it's broad humor doesn't mean I dislike it, but I like kind of, like, particularly I'm a huge fan of Mystery Science Theater and I like that they use all sorts of jokes and references, and it's more fun when you don't know what's coming than, like, Secret Life of Pets is is really broad and it's fun, but afterwards you're like, I mean, it's like having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know, I got what I wanted, but it's not an amazing <laughs> meal. It's like, I'm gonna be hungry in a couple hours, I, what, yeah. What I always liked about yeah. <laughs> what I what I always liked about Mystery Science Theater wasn't even the pop culture references. They would just often reference stuff that was going on in like Minnesota. Yeah. And like 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 I, I would have no idea what they're talking about, but their delivery was so like good that yeah. you wouldn't care and you would still laugh at like a joke you had no idea like what they were referring to, but because they were funny, it worked. I just, yeah, I always I, liked their their little joke delivery like that. Just on like I watched it as a kid and I didn't even get the shit that wasn't like a Minnesota reference, but just the way it was delivered by Crow or someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, just, I liked it anyway. <laughs> they would uh, the the variety in jokes was so good because they'd have like kind of they'd go a little more blue or vulgar and then be very family friendly and then do a visual joke and then do this and it was because they had two hours to fill. You had to like do the range of comedy. And to yeah. me, that's like re- I, that's what I like about early Simpsons. Even is like you never know the kind of joke they'll do a blasphemous joke right next to like a really safe joke next to mm-hmm. a fart joke. Yeah, like that's that's interesting. That's like and, and then tie it all together with like a like a family friendly moment. It's yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's like I don't. I feel like a lot of shows attempt that and they like t- try to have all these different types of humor wrapped in kind of like a wholesome package. But I don't know if like. I don't know if the Sim like anyone's ever really done it as well as like stuff like The Simpsons and Mystery Science Theater. Maybe Mystery Science Theater isn't whole. It 
I don't know. Like it just it felt like they were a crew of people having a good time making something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's that's what I liked about shows like that. Yeah. Well, that was also the. I mean, this is more talking about the early years of cable when they would just they would do a weird public access show that had a following and put it on. Whereas now, uh, that would never happen because then it was the wild west and they were mm-hmm. like what do we have out there that's actually being made and what can have an audience because we need somebody to watch and yeah. mystery science theater had that but now cables like a cables like broadcast there's not much of a difference i mean even tnt and tbs are usually right next to cbs and nbc and stuff so like the lines are so blurred but you that's why i think so much has moved online because the as oh, soon yeah. as TV got weirder. It was fun, but then it became like Rizzoli and Isles and stuff on cable. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, this is fucking boring. What happened? You well, know. It, I mean, it's it's uh, no, yeah, it's demo demographics, and they started once they started having hits like the Osbournes and Duck Dynasty and Dog the Bounty Hunter. It just it people saw money in making having huge hits on cable, and now we have Walking Dead's one of the biggest. So yeah. Of all those niche, like, nerd-type shows, now it's all online. I mean, you're not going to see anything like X-Plays or Attack of the Shows on uh, TV that much. I mean, any of these, especially these gaming news shows or whatever. They tried, but it didn't work. Yeah. Why would you it want it? Other, like, on YouTube, you can watch it anytime you want after it airs freely <laughs> with very limited commercial interruptions yeah. versus... Yeah. The other way, it's like, oh, X-Play, you got to watch it. Plus, you also get to follow the people on Twitter and such, and you make yeah. a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can agree with that. I think um, I, I, I've actually thought about this before, and I feel like, you know, growing up watching TV, I feel like you're conditioned to consume media a certain way, and it's this odd transition to the Internet where it's like, I should really enjoy watching the Internet like version of this because there is no commercials or anything. But I'm also accustomed to growing up on TV and like this is how I would normally watch it with the commercials and everything. Well, I don't know. It's like I I, that, I, definitely prefer, I definitely prefer watching stuff on the Internet. But there is that kind of odd nostalgia for kind of waiting, almost waiting, like liking commercials sometimes. I mean, that that's to me, that's something that is going to die with our generation. Yes, I because because the, the next generation is growing up with an iPad and uh, iPhone as soon as they're like in the single digits and not having this this uh, determination to watch. I mean, they didn't sit around like we were talking about how we're just stuck with a channel during a vacation. There's kids listening to this podcast going like, what are these cavemen talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Because people don't have that. Like kids don't get that anymore at all. We were like forced to deal with what we had and we kind of are comforted by it. But now they have so much like they'll be more when iPads are gone. They'll be like, I liked having this little screen and I could hold it. And it was so nice. Kids will never know the pleasure of recording an adult swim block on a DHS tape. <laughs> oh, no, they'll like, I can't uh, with when DVD sets came out of shows. I remember trying to tape every episode, like of the critic. I had every episode taped. Mm-hmm. That took me like a whole summer <laughs> of comedy central reruns and going through the TV guide and seeing which episode was on and rechecking it on the internet and setting timers. If I wasn't there, it was like all this work and I'd have this tape and I'd be like, see, I have this tape. Isn't that awesome? And then DVD came out and some jerk bought it for $15 and it was like, God damn it. Yeah. I, I I recently found a VHS tape of mine that was like so scatterbrained. I don't know why I recorded all this stuff on it, but it was all different channels. It was like, 
it started off with Teen Titans, and then it went to The Critic, and then it went to Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think there was some more stuff on there, but I'm like, man, I, I really use this one VHS tape a lot. <laughs> it's like a mixtape at this point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a lot of friend. effort. It was a lot of effort to record something only for it to appear more snowy. Oh, yeah. And, and less quality. That's like a nice warm feeling when you think about it. <laughs> but I never like, thought to record stuff like episodes in a row because I wanted to have them forever. It was mostly just recorded like things that I wasn't able to watch right then. Uh, mostly like shows that came on right as I had to go to school like Pokemon did. Like it was always on the cusp of like the thirty minute hour before I had to be at school. So yeah, I, I know how you feel. Pokemon. I get that. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays we can just like look up any any episode we want and watch it like through iTunes or maybe someone pirated it and put it on some website. But back then, <laughs> yeah, I can watch episode. I can watch everything of Pokemon on Netflix now. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe some channel rerun it at some point, or there's a VHS of it. If you missed mm. it. Sometimes you, you, I mean, it was not as bad as it was like in the fifties where they wouldn't even rerun stuff, but it was still like, not, yeah. you'd be like, where did I'll never get it back. No. Yeah. I mean like TV reruns are not as uh profitable today as they were years ago. Cause for that very reason, I mean like there's reruns are kind of pointless now cause you can just look it up what you want, but yeah. were there any like season box sets in VHS form? Yes, yes, there were. Well, like like Twin Peaks was a big one, and there were others, but they weren't they weren't anything like the DVD. What what were you gonna say? I was gonna say Mystery Science Theater put out a bunch of theirs, um, but, but they were oh, never, never full seasons. Well, yeah, they've never because they couldn't legally. It was so hard to put out a bunch that you those. I, to get a full season, even on DVD, it would cost so much. Yeah. Because, and because not only if you have twenty episodes, that's um, forty hours. <laughs> so, so that's a lot of content, you know. I mean, there is that one DVD that for that one soap opera, uh, Dark. What's that? What's Dark that? Oh, D- Dark Shadows. Yeah, Dark Shadows. It had like a hundred and fourteen uh, discs in this one box set for that one soap opera from like the fifties or so. Dark Shadows. Yeah. Yeah, well, it has, there's like Dark Shadows conventions still. And it, but then the thing about it is to try to, because when I saw the the Tim Burton movie, I went back. Some of them were on Netflix. And just the character, the main character everyone likes, Barnabas Jones, who Johnny Depp plays, he doesn't even come into like episode 100 something. (laughs) So, so, so like you have to really invest in it. There are some of them. Like some Popeye Thimble Theater shit. I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting that um, they're interesting and they're more watchable than most soap operas. But I don't think I would uh, want to deep dive into that that thing. I mean, I remember seeing this skit for like the Weather Channel DVD box set. It was a joke video. I forget who made it. <laughs> like it was just like this gigantic treasure chest of of DVDs for every single broadcast of the Weather Channel. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, like, somewhere out there, somebody must have, like, recorded every single moment of the Weather Channel or maybe, like, a talk show. Like, I would love to have, like, every single episode of, like, Conan O'Brien or something in oh, DVD wow. form or something. That would be great. People like, do sell those. People do sell, like, um, like, uh, like, if you go to Comic-Con, sometimes somebody will have, like, the entire run of a talk show, like they've what? recorded every episode. Yeah, Wait, really? I've seen that sometimes. What, yeah. what talk this? show? Um, I saw Conan once. Holy I, shit! I saw Conan once. I don't know if I've seen like Letterman or Leno, but Conan was definitely there once. 
Fuck. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Damn, I need that. I mean, how many I mean, discs does it come in? Oh, I, I don't. It was a really big set. <laughs> Han, are you still a big uh, Conan fan, or are you where you used to be a big Conan well, fan? Well, I don't know. I, I always watched it, so I guess, you know, I guess by, I forced myself into it, so yeah. Do you still watch it? Sometimes, yeah. I always switch either between that or whatever's on Comedy Central, one of those daily show things. I haven't watched it. I mean, is it still good? Or If you grew up with it and you had a different... You were there for a different time and different sense of humor. I mean, I guess, I don't know. No, I just haven't. I've gotten to watch some of it, but I've, like, fallen off with Conan mm -hmm. once he moved to TBS. Um, yeah, I, th that was so exciting at that time. Like, I remember, like, yeah, I got to support this guy. And, I, and, like, I watched it for, like, a month and then just kind of got bored with it. Mm. Yeah, I there was – I don't think the humor – his humor has changed at all. But, like, something about him kind of trying to appeal to a younger crowd, like – actively is weird to me like him doing the clueless gamer stuff while it's very funny it's like it's not i wouldn't call it try hard it's just kind of it's just kind of weird i don't know i don't know well i think it works for what it is because he's yeah he made it aware that he doesn't play video games and he's just like what is all this yeah how does this work i mean it's funny because he's just like he's very upfront about how little he knows about it oh yeah that's that is funny I mean, he, he, he did the viral stuff before James Corden and Jimmy Fallon. And uh, he, like, because that was part of his TBS deal that he had a website and they had a Facebook thing that all that stuff. And I think, like, there's, I probably watch more Conan on my Facebook feed than actually on TV. Mm. So. Oh, yeah, totally agree. I mean, for uh, Comic Con, I am going to see Conan and they're going to give out these pop figures of Conan dressed as different characters in. The one I want is Conan dressed as the Joker from Suicide Squad. <laughs> it's just as awful as it sounds. Look it up, uh, J Joker, Conan, I guess. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, the one thing I really liked about Conan was he, I guess he like paid Warner Brothers to edit Superman into his own t um, Bruce Timm style oh, yeah. version of Conan. Yeah. You remember that? The uh, oh, what was his name? In, in Young Justice, there was a clip where um, he, he met with uh, Bruce Tim and Bruce Tim drew him as a Young Justice character, and they edited a scene of Young Justice with uh, Conan's character. A few character. of them. The, uh, several the flaming scenes. sea. The yeah. flaming sea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fake trailer they did for him too. That was really good. It was I like a that CGI was, trailer. I thought that was gonna be a real thing. Like I assumed that was gonna happen, but never did. I don't know who would actually watch the full thing of that. But yeah, this is the uh, Joker Suicide Squad, which I'll link below. My favorite Conan thing is still Masturbating Bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, nothing will ever beat Masturbating uh, Bear for me. Okay, this reminds me, like, um, when he went on to the NBC, to a... Uh, TBS, like, um, he was making fun of NBC a lot, and, like, he just brought in Masturbating Bear, and he basically said on screen, I challenge NBC to sue me over Masturbating Bear. <laughs> Did they? I, I, that happened, I like, not. early into the TBS run. Oh, my God. Masturbate, because he would just come out, and then they'd go... That running music. The music is what made it. 
Because <laughs> he had like a bag or something. Yeah, he was just scratching his balls, which isn't just for the kids at home. Isn't masturbating, but it was just the idea was funny. Yeah. Enough. <laughs> I, I there are so many good Conan bits, um, but I think I'm tied between stock and blocking <laughs> and um, uh, the dog that would just shoot people. That's that's those are two of my favorites. One of my favorites was um it was for the original NBC run, but uh oh what's that band nut? Oh oh Slipknut. Yes. Okay. I know what you're talking about. This is really funny. Sorry. (laughs) The Slipknuts. Okay, so what it was? It was like a barbershop quartet sort of thing, and it was just these guys saying. I slipped on some nuts. And, folks, that is it. The slip nuts act consists entirely of them pouring nuts on the floor, slipping on them, and singing that song about slipping on nuts. We're the slip nuts, we're slipping on nuts, and Conan, <laughs> Conan hyped it up, <laughs> making we're it seem like... We're slipping on nuts. Oops, we found down. We slipped on some nuts. Yes. <laughs> Conan hyped it up, making it seem like they were going to have slip knot, the death metal band or whatever they are on the show (laughs) but it turns out it was these guys oh there was this one time where they actually brought the slipknots to a uh, slipknot concert and before slipknot went on stage they got the slipknots to run out on screen (laughs) on the stage (laughs) and like do their act and everyone was just like booing throwing stuff on the stage giving the middle (laughs) finger to them I love that scene. I have a clip of it. It's still on YouTube, thankfully. Oh, uh, that was that was the best. Because anytime you hear Slipknot was gonna be on Conan, you were like, "Oh shit, the Slipknots!" <laughs> <laughs> I I've also always been very partial to Walker Texas Ranger Lover. Oh yes. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> oh my god. I love the one that's it's it's Haley Joe Osmond telling Walker he has AIDS and then and then Conan just gets up and looks out his fake window for like a minute, like contemplating what he just watched. <laughs> oh, my favorite scene from that thing was uh I don't know, there was some scene where like some father was telling his his son who's on the top of a ladder in like a library or something to jump and I'll catch you. And the little boy, the little boy jumps, and the father doesn't catch him, and he lands flat on his back on the floor. Ah, (laughs) I'll find clips of these and put it in the description so people can know what the hell we're talking about. You're gonna make me watch Conan. This is making me watch Conan this week. I forgot all about the text. Remember, people used to make lots of those. Like, just giant YouTube comps of all of them. Oh, it was great. They, he was so proud he had the rights to show it. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they eventually lost the rights and they couldn't do it anymore, so they found some other Chuck Norris movie to use. The Octagon. Oh, yeah. Was- <laughs> oh, my God. But I gotta find one of those, like, collections that have all the Conan things in one, in several CDs. Yeah, I think there's a best, a couple best ofs out there, but none of them have inflatable Conan, which is another really good oh, one. Man. Mm-hmm. Where they just have a giant, like, uh, inflatable tube man. They pop out the window of NBC, and Matt Lauer just deflates it with a blow dart. That's the great too. This is CNN. Going back into topic, but the next video is going to be uh, just a re-release of a lot of my old videos, like 30 minutes worth of my old videos that were lost forever. 
until now. Like my first Teen Titans reviews, Ooh. eventually. With some commentary, because I need to get stuff out for Comic-Con, and this is the fastest <laughs> thing I could produce. Give it a sexy title, like, too hot, like, banned from TV. I'm going to call it, like, <laughs> Survive the Cringe, my crappy old videos or something like that. Do you, do you remember when they would do that? Like, this is too hot for TV. Like, the, uh... The Girls Gone Wild this, videos? No, it was that, but there was one before it was called, and I never saw it, but there were ads for it on Comedy Central late at night called the Underground Comedy Movie. Yes, yes, I know and exactly like, what you're talking about. I, I never saw it, but there's this shot in the commercial of these two models on toilets and it was like i guess the joke was that women can poop which um just so everyone knows women women can poop that's not a joke that's like a human thing that people do um but yeah it's i i don't know if i can find the the ad but it was on late night comedy central a lot fun fact about that movie directed by the sam wow guy yeah i was i was thinking that now he made like a new version of that years later did, did, has anyone seen the underground comedy movie? Mm-mm. That sounds familiar. But he made well, I a, 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 I guess, a spiritual sequel called Inappropriate Comedy Tour. Oh, I, <laughs> I know. Whoa. I, which Too inappropriate. It came out at the same time as some other movie that was similar. It was just a bunch of crude skits. But the one thing that I will always quote that was in the trailer is just a Dirty Harry parody. Except uh, instead of saying, go ahead, make my day, it was, go ahead. Make me gay. I always say that every single time I have the chance to. Real good shit, man. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you guys want to get into the news? Sure. Okay, cool. Okay, so news. Wreck-It Ralph 2 has been announced for March 2018, thankfully. And we don't have a Frozen sequel yet. Good. I'm worried about this because is this the beginning of what happened with all the Pixar sequels, but with Disney. Yeah. Anime. Like, we're going to have Frozen 2, Zootopia 2, Moana 2, mm. you know. Yeah, but before, uh, Disney would always release their sequels to straight-to-video, but now they realize, hey, let's just dump into theaters, like Planes 1 and 2, which were both intended for uh, DVD, but they said, nah, put it in theaters. Yeah. Funny well, enough, yeah, I was going to say Toy Story 2 was uh, intended for DVD. And then that turned out to be really good. Well, they, so, well who knows? Um, the original version of Toy Story 2 was going to be for DVD, but, but it was a different mm-hmm. plot they had. Something about oh. Buzz Lightyear getting recalled because there's a bug in his system, so they had to go to the factory in Japan and somehow fix oh. him. <laughs> that that does sound like a, a pretty bad sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Although, do you guys remember the uh, straight-to-video movie and also TV series Buzz Lightyear of Star Command? I yes. love that show. Yeah, I pr- never watched it, but I remember it. It was a great yeah. idea because it was like giving like what Buzz is supposed to be based on a show. Oh, way better idea than say the Woody one. Yeah, <laughs> man, nobody a- wants a TV show of Woody's Roundup. We want Buzz. Wait, was, there a, was there a Woody show? No. In the- oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, was it Patrick Warburton that yeah. did uh, yes. Buzz yes. in that cartoon? Mm-hmm. It was. Is not as surprising. <laughs> you so lo- don't do anything. If you have a lug-headed character, just get Patrick Warburton. He'll be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that show was really, really good. Uh, I don't. Did it ever release on DVD? Because I only would the, actually only love the to watch a video movie that started it, like uh, the pilot. Yeah, the movie was straight to DVD. Damn. 
Yeah, but that was I can't a remember the characters' names. Uh, was it XJ? Nova, no, Nova was the girl. I remember that. Nova, Buster, and uh, XJ XL. I don't know if any other characters from to- the Toy Story universe could ever get a show like that, but I always found it strange that it was in 2D. Like me and my cousins were like, "Why is this show in 2D? Shouldn't it be in 3D?" And I guess in retrospect, we're glad it was in 2D because it would have been some really <laughs> shitty dated CGI. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. in universe, well, because like. Uh, it itself, it was aware it was a show because in the first like 30 seconds, they would always they had like uh, five or six or maybe even seven uh, little skits of the Pixar characters in 3D turning on the TV to watch it. Oh, yeah. Mm. E- even more obscure than that. I remember when Toy Story, came, the original came out and uh, ABC uh, used to have bumpers that were like specially made for Saturday morning by Pixar, mm-hmm. um, f- like in the Toy Story style, like with the Toy Story characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like with the RV men and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you yeah. remember watching a uh, one Saturday morning the the a- the ABC block for kids? Oh yeah, Ab- yeah absolutely. I love that shit. Yeah. Which yeah, it's hard to find some of the shows that were on there because thankfully Weekenders was at least released on iTunes, but. It's hard to find. Uh... Oh, it is. Actually, no. Uh, Weekenders was the very first Disney cartoon to actually get a full series release on DVD. What? Yeah, but in that, a limited, I didn't know that it was DVD. Like, it was I'm like in a limited sure. quantity, right? Yeah, yeah. It was only on the Disney store, but oh, like online. Uh, not even Ducktales or any of the Disney Afternoon care uh, mm. DVDs ever got like full releases. They always aired all the way up until one more set, and then they didn't. Dope. Except for. Gargoyles got the rest of it recently of uh, season 2.2. No one really gives a shit about season three, so we kind of, we can count that as a whole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, they they basically retconned that and uh, redid season three in comic book form with uh, slave labor graphics comics. Oh, that's cool. I think that's they made what Lexington happened. gay. I mean, like, was, that was like the big change was that like they revealed that he was actually um, he prefers other a male gargoyle partner. Wait, who who is who ended up being gay? I believe it was Lexington, the little one. Yeah, the, the scrawny uh, one. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Was it the red cool one with, like, that. long hair? Uh, the cool one with long hair. Uh, that one yeah, was kind of like Broadway. A little... um, I don't remember anything about this. <laughs> Broadway was the big one, right? The big blue one? Oh, wait. Was he this tiny blue guy? Like, the little gremlin-looking motherfucker? I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was the gay one, yes. I don't. Right. I didn't watch but, Gargoyles that much. It was awesome. Yeah. I watched the first season, but yeah. that's about it. As I had a kid, to... I didn't like Gargoyles. It was until I started collecting cartoon box sets that as an adult I watched it and I could truly appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, as a kid, I had the VHS that came with the board game for Gargoyles. <laughs> oh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like I Nightmare never knew how to play the board game, so I just always watched the VHS instead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to read all these instructions. I just want this VHS tape. That doesn't need instructions. <laughs> exactly. They go be cr- be kind, rewind. Damn it! Instructions. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I find it so strange that Gargoyles was on Disney Channel of all places. Like it's so out of yeah. place next to like Ducktales or Care Bears or whatever. Well, Actually, was... fun story. Um, oh, what? Oh, uh, sorry, uh, Jim. You sound like you. No, no. I think like you have a more interesting thing. Oh uh, well, <laughs> it's on the on the DVD set of the first season, it has a uh, Greg Wiseman talking about his inspiration and like my favorite Disney, uh, well, my favorite cartoon ever is gummy bears, the adventures of gummy bears. Mm-hmm. Um, like, cause it's such an important show as far as television cartoons go. Cause it's like one of the first ones that have such a high budget. Like it's the first attempt to go 
make Disney trying to make it look like one of the movies. Uh-huh. And um, and it being successful led to DuckTales, uh, Gargoyles, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Greg Wiseman, he was so inspired by gummy bears that he originally exp- uh, designed the show Gargoyles to be about Goliath uh, being a serious gargoyle. And then the other gargoyles are all these like goofy, cartoony, <laughs> uh, like little fun things. And like he kept like – uh, he, like he sent it to Disney like multiple times and it kept getting rejected and eventually it morphed into what it became but like gummy bears directly influenced <laughs> gargoyles wow oh yeah. see I always thought gargoyles or at least when it came out was kind of that attempt by a lot of the non-Fox Kids Saturday morning cartoons to counter how well Fox Kids was doing with Batman and X-Men yeah. and that's why you had the Wildcat show was notorious for that but uh, Gargoyles oh, was all, which Wildcats aired in most uh, in most, uh, I guess, markets at the same time as X-Men. Like they were really like countering it, which is stupid. Like, why put Wildcats at the same time? I but remember that being pretty piss poor, too. It, was, it wasn't very good. I tried to I was taping any comic book cartoon and even I was like only taped like two. I was like, Jim, that's that's enough. Jim, were you a fan of Ultra Force? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Malibu? No, I like look image and Wildcats. That was one thing I actually did read Jim Lee's Wildcats, but I didn't. I think I watched it because that was also the boom of comic book cartoon oh, yeah. shows, and there was yeah. like a ton of them. The only one that really lasted was Savage Dragon. Oh yeah, yeah, that wasn't a bad show. It wasn't very good either, though. No, but it, it had a lot of episodes. It, but yeah, it I, I always thought Gargoyles was that. But maybe since what Stev was saying about the development history, that was just probably like the right timing. Wait, and- wait, wait, wait. Think about it this way. Um, it kind of has truth for both sides. They didn't want the show until it became something similar to Batman. Hmm, oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's a good point. So maybe they were like, hey, look what we have in our development slate, and we kind of need something, and this is pretty ready to go. And they just put two and two together and equaled Gargoyles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like and, a mix of Batman and kind of Ninja Turtles, considering they have a theme to their name and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That's, a, that's yeah. a pretty good analogy right there. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I I feel really dumb, but after watching Gargoyles, I did not realize – I, I maybe I just don't see the world in color, but, like, I didn't realize that Aleza Plaza was uh, – like, I, I never questioned her race. And I think she's, like, mixed, right? She's uh, black and Native American? <laughs> but, like, I never questioned it. I just – because it was always that dark. I just thought it was just, like, a <laughs> – it was just nighttime. Oh. <laughs> Going back on the topic of Wreck-It Ralph 2. Okay. Oh, yeah. So basically, so basically in this version of Wreck-It Ralph that's coming out, uh, Wreck-It Ralph is online and he's uh, – He's going through the internet, so I'm picturing what it's going to be. It's going to be like that episode of Futurama where they go online. Yeah. There needs to be a lot of porn. Do you think Mario will finally be in this one? He'll probably run into like the new grounds Mario where it's like Mario on drugs. <laughs> you think, you think Pico would... will be in this one? <laughs> I, I can imagine like a lot of like let's players. Oh, no. Random. I, I think let's play jokes. They're totally going to make let's play jokes. I mean, oh, you've already they, they're, they're oh, probably talking s- to PewDiePie right now about signing a contract. Oh, my God. I didn't think I, uh, of that until just now. <laughs> I can see them. I can see them making a really like trying to make like an adult joke with like there's like an authoritarian guy on the internet. It's like there are rules to the internet, and they're like going down all the rules. Like, but we don't talk about Rule Thirty Four or something like that. Like, just more well hidden than that. But like something really. 
That makes my stomach upset. <laughs> but yeah, someone was talking about Maker. I think PewDiePie, Markiplier, and a lot of the bigger YouTubers are under Maker, who is under Disney. Yeah, they, yeah. No, that makes sense then, and that they would ask them to do that. Cause, oh, but it just never, it never, it never hit me until like now. I was like, wow, I can't wait to see that movie now. <laughs> this could potentially be a humongous yeah, mess, like, and I'm, I'm gonna watch it the same reason I wanted to watch Nut Job and Angry Birds now. <laughs> well, okay, let's step back here for a second and realize that before we actually saw Wreck It Ralph and found out it was a good movie, did you really have a lot of faith in it too? I did. Yeah, I did, really? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, once I like it, it's it, it looked the trailer looked good, and I read that like like fucking The Simpsons dude Rich Moore was behind it. Okay. And I'm like, and Disney had an okay track record too at that point. Like they were yeah. doing better than Pixar. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you could argue that they still kind of are. Yeah, oh, they totally oh, yeah. are. God, <laughs> maybe not money wise, but definitely critic wise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember Wreck It Ralph that year. Like people were saying, well. Brave came out that year also, and people were saying Brave felt more like a Disney movie because it's a princess yeah. film, <laughs> and Wreck-It Ralph felt more like a Pixar movie because it's a duo film. No, yeah, it, it definitely, good. it really did at the time. I don't know what to make of this sequel with them going on the internet. Mm. I'm saying well, that, like... I'm excited to see what they do. Having a hodgepodge, um, like, video game movie, there was a lot of chances for the first one to be bad. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I, I, obviously I think... there was... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, obviously, that there's a lot of, like, talent behind it, but and there's obviously going to be a lot of talent behind this one. We should, like, mm-hmm. I'm expecting at least a fun, it, it can't be any worse than, like, um, well, any of the Disney sequels. Never mind, Disney does bad sequels. Shit. I don't have, I don't have a good argument. I'm out. Um, I, I think I don't think Wreck-It Ralph is a flawless movie by any means. I think there are a lot of problems, especially considering the fact that it's advertised as like you're going to get to go into all these video game worlds, and then you get to go into two, and then you spend the majority of the time in Sugar Rush. When so, that, that that was oh, yeah, a, a, a thing people complained about because I think they thought it was going to be the video game uh, Roger Rabbit, and yeah. Pixels kind of tried to do that as well. And we still don't have a video game Roger Rabbit, but there seemed to be kind of a audience desire for it that never happened. But I think because Wreck-It Ralph was still good, people were kind of cool. Well, even Roger Rabbit didn't go yeah. into like you know all they had they had uh, cameos uh, of yeah. course, but they didn't go into like Looney Tunes world or Mickey Mouse world. It was all just Toontown. Toontown was just like, yeah, but they didn't do. I don't think. Um, it was still kind of more about that than those two movies did. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a difference between like having um, a bunch of characters appear as cameos, and that versus going into each one of their individual worlds. The point. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a, I had an interesting take on how you kind of do the best of both worlds and not have to worry about going like spending too much time in other worlds. Um, I would have just made the final race. Like something happens and all these portals open up and they're racing through all these different video game worlds and that would have been a nice way to get kind of more of a feel for the universe. Oh, so like, of... like the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. You got it. <laughs> to play, oh, no, they'd have to restructure how the uh, rules in this universe yeah. work because they can't just have portals that uh, go to a different video games that instantly. Yeah, like yeah, Devil's Advocate I, from a production side, every world that you add into this to this thing adds so much more months of production of creative assets like, for it's only like three seconds in each world it's not that bad like it's it, still uh, well you have you're to, talking about racing so yes, th- yeah. three seconds is um so many miles of a set being created 
yeah. that we're going to speed yeah. through, which wouldn't be really worth the effort of time. Um, it wouldn't enhance the story enough for it to worth the production cost. And you'd I, have I, to design new yeah. characters. Sure. New, uh, it would be a, a big headache. It, it would be. You know who I feel sorry for is um, background designers for TV shows and such. Because sometimes you just see a background for like two seconds. And it's like this really nice background. Like I was watching Atlantis, The Lost Empire. And there were some nice backgrounds that were on screen for like two, three seconds. And you never see it again. And then it's like... Wow, someone must have spent like a week on that and it was there for two seconds. And maybe while they were making it, they went like, oh no, Steve, we're going to use it a lot. Don't worry. And then <laughs> and then they go, we rewrote the script. Sorry, you lost your weekend. Oh no, that happens. Oh my yeah, gosh. No, I, yeah. know, I know someone that worked three months on uh, a Disney animated like sequence and they're like, oh, sorry, dude, we cut that scene. <laughs> and, 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 I'm, and I'm not talking like 3D animation. Like I'm talking about hand-drawn animation. Three months working on this sequence. Um, I, I don't know the person. No, no, wait. I think it was for Snow White. Yeah, yeah. It was for Snow White that they. Uh, someone was telling me about this thing that happened, and it was just like oh, that. That that's got to be devastated, you know. Like it's it was like, like, all right, now work on this other scene. Mm-hmm. He probably sat there. He's like, well, I mean. My wife did leave me because I haven't been around a lot. And they go, oh, that sucks. I'll give you two vacation days. That's cool. (laughs) You rarely see animatics or deleted scenes, fully animated deleted scenes in animated movies. But stuff like Leo and Stitch Mm -hmm. has one. And they had to alter a lot of stuff after like 9-11, of course. Well, uh, because a lot of times it's usually the director fighting. Because the the thing that sucks about movies is there's always someone higher up that threw the money in. And they get to more say in stuff. And so directors will like fight for something. And that was, that was something that was clearly fought for. Cause that's not, you don't go that far into animation uh, for it to be like a simple cut. Yeah. Have you ever seen like a deleted animated sequence? Like that was fully mm-hmm. done that they just cut I out. I think I have. Nah, me neither. Uh, it, it cost too much to do that. At that point, if it was fully finished, you might as well just yeah. keep it in the film. Night Before Christmas had some and just one animatic sequence in Lilo and Stitch, and that's all I can think of. But uh, going back to Wreck-It Ralph, like uh, the promo art they revealed where Wreck-It Ralph is towering over all of the internet, which takes on like a city-like structure. You see all these logos for like these fake websites that are like parodies like Gaggle or something. Oh, man. Let me yeah, look at bad. that. They have one that's Google. It's just spelled with a weird U. <laughs> It's one's called Lub Hub, and I'm wondering what is Lub Hub? Yeah, <laughs> that that one was definitely an eye catcher for me. I was like, huh, <laughs> can't think of many other websites that's, that end with the word hub. Wreck-It Ralph will probably have a scene where he goes on like a Defiant Art or something, and meet like Wreck-It Ralph fan art, like one where he's like an, a shoujo anime boy, or uh, <laughs> or him as posing as the gorillas or. My neighbor Tortoro pose with Vanellope or something, you know. <laughs> that, that, there's only two types of fan art that people always, always make. It's either Tortoro in that uh, bus stop yep. pose or the gorillas side well, view I, thing. The ones yeah, I see a lot of in those sites that sell shirts for 24 hours is the let's do whatever character as selling like cereal. So it'd be like Lokio. I don't oh, yeah. even get that design. Yeah, I don't get it either. Because like, what's so cool about that? Like, I've never wanted one of those shirts, but it's anyway. I don't. I guess the packaging design, because packaging design is always colorful and. Oh okay. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of taking my friend's story. My my friend Nick saw this at a convention, but um, he was talking about how like 
there was this guy who was so proud of his crossover t-shirts and like how like well they were selling and he's like oh yeah my next one's gonna be amazing it's called attack on gotham and i'm just like yeah i'm sure you thought of that for about five seconds <laughs> what's the point it's like, not really, not really attack on titan. i know i know i got the attack on titan but like there's no pun. It's no, just... no, it, it, it's, not, it's not good. <laughs> Three years ago, if you combined uh, Attack on Titan with something, you people will buy yeah. it. Or it used to be anything with Doctor Who. That was a big one. Oh, it's still going. I feel like that's over a little. But... Yeah. I only have one crossover shirt, and it's regular show done in the style of Sonic. And at least action there, because they do play Sega on the show. So I, I, I think that's a little oh, more, yeah. slightly well, more legitimate. I feel like if you're... If you're going to get a crossover shirt thing, I try to do it as two things I like. And I'm like, oh, cool. I don't need to get two shirts. I can just get one shirt. <laughs> yeah, you got the right idea. Though, personally, I, I prefer getting shirts that are just like simple logos and stuff. That or one of those shirts that are printed all over with an image. I tried designing a crossover shirt, but I couldn't get anywhere to actually like print it. Uh, it was Krangus Khan, so like Kangas Khan and then Krang from Ninja Turtles because <laughs> having the little baby be Krang. Uh-huh. And just put on Redbubble. No one will care. I don't. I don't like the quality of those. <laughs> oh yeah, but going back to those logos with those T-shirts with the uh, cereal. Like I'm a fan of any time when you ever watch a TV show or movie and you see like a fake product, like a fake logo or fake cereal brand. I'm always fascinated by those because somebody has to design yeah. that stuff. <laughs> like when you play Grand Theft Auto, you see all these fake car brands, and I don't know. I'm just impressed that somebody has to design all these things. My name is Branch, and I'm a troll. Poppy is the leader of the trolls. DreamWorks Trolls. Did anybody see the trailer to Trolls? Yeah, I did. Not. Yeah, I did. The Trolls yes. trailer. Standard fair. Yeah, I forgot. It looks a lot better than I thought it was going to. Like, animated-wise, it looks like yeah. really good 2D, 3D type stuff. Um, I don't know about the content, like, story-wise. It sounds kind of whatever. And that one teaser with the grain cloud was just another, like, oh, he peed himself joke, <laughs> uh, which is weird. Um, but uh, I don't know. I have I have somewhat high hopes for it because DreamWorks has, like, has been doing all right, too. It's going to be a musical, I believe. The voice is acting it? and acting was pretty solid in the commercials I've seen. Yeah. Like, the, the acting and the animation is really sweet. So, like, from, from that standpoint, it would be cool. But, yeah, I agree. Story-wise, it's probably going to be a story. Uh, I'm watching the trailer right now just on mute, and I'm noticing that they have, <laughs> they're they really pushing that star power by inserting, like, live-action clips of actors next to the trolls. Yeah. That's usually not a good sign. Yeah. But I will say the animation doesn't look half bad. It looks pretty pretty good. I mean, I, I like the character design, too. It kind of looks like all those, like, things you buy at a paper craft store where it's all these neon, fuzzy, yeah. those fuzzy wired straws. What are those called yeah. pipe cleaners uh-huh. yes pipe cleaners those pipe cleaner things i mean it, the movie looks like i'm hoping it'll have like maybe a black light sequence because it looks like something that will be run under a black light it's very colorful and fuzzy looking yeah, yeah. like you like, know I'm, I'm glad animation is starting to like take more from like classic 2d stuff like with this looks like it uh hotel transylvania both of them look like that you know oh that's gendy yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Popeye, yeah so many pictures uh, the popeye that's what I love most 
I like Sony Pictures visually the best because they uh, take advantage of the fact that it's a cartoon. They're not trying to emulate real life. But like too to, much. to see that when and like maybe one of the big two finally doing that, I think would be rad. Like I wish Pixar did that more. Oh, yeah. uh, DreamWorks looks like they are with the Trolls movie. Not yeah. not to a great degree, but pretty good. I do have to say I'm really over Pixar and it's trying to be as realistic as possible. Yeah, because because it's starting to lose its charm. Mm-hmm. Like there's a short mm-hmm. uh, before the most recent film, The Finding Dory. And like I, I haven't actually watched the full short yet, but I've seen like screenshots and I thought it was a real photos first. Yeah. That's how good it's getting. Mm-hmm. But like it's also design wise. Uh, there's completely no appeal to the character. Well, there, there is appeal, but like it's not nearly as strong as, say, a more stylized character they've done in the past. No, and I, no, I, I agree. Yeah. I think them tr- them trying to like show how good their technology has gotten. Uh, they're getting they're they're getting more caught up on the fact that they're they're trying to show how proficient they're getting versus actually doing good art. Mm. That one short before Finding Dory, I actually like that. That one short over a bunch of the other shorts that Disney and Pixar have made previously, because it's not one of those two inanimate objects falling in love with yes. each other again. Yeah, like the um, two umbrellas. The umbrella Pixar shirt yeah. was, uh, it, besides Lava from Inside Out, the umbrella Pixar shirt was probably the worst one. <laughs> Lava I've was seen, pretty uh, bad, though. Lava was pretty bad, too. <laughs> I, I gotta say, uh, the one thing I, I, I really like about the, the, the Trolls trailer is that they did get the aesthetic of kind of like, those 90s grade school folders down like i think we're, lisa, yeah, frank. Lisa, frank. lisa frank folders yeah that's that's completely on display here and i'll give them credit that's exactly what they should have been going for um i'm glad i'm glad they were able to do that i don't think i'll be seeing this movie in theaters but i i can definitely appreciate it from like an artistic point of view uh-huh. you know um instead uh-huh. of just shitting on pixar shorts because they are all just basically trying to be a tech-based demos that's literally what they are now like they're not even hiding it. They're just like, oh, hey, we want to test out this technology. We'll write a story around it versus having a story and then making technology around that. Paper Man was fucking awesome. The Disney it was. one, which was in front of Wreck-It yeah. Ralph, full circle. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, trying to combining like three D, but with like drawing the two D outlines on top of it. Mm. Well, because they they, they um, we actually I didn't get to see it myself before it happened, but a lot of my friends went to SIGGRAPH, and uh, so they got to see the short like five months before it actually aired and like they were like steve you're gonna be so excited you're gonna be so excited when you see this and um they apparently like had one guy the the the, the speaker joked saying that he was stuck in a basement for like three years developing that technology (laughs) because they draw something and uh they draw it in real time and it appears on the character model perfectly and it just fall you know like it's now a, a 3d drawing um it's it's really awesome. It kind of seems like something that would be like self shaded, like a, a video game where it's done automatically. But here they draw the outlines themselves. Well, it's a three D object, but they draw the outlines two D style, and it maps itself onto the actual character. So it's a weird combination of two D and three D together. So is that all for trolls? And we can talk about finding. Yeah, Rory? not much to say about it. I think it looks interesting. I hope it's good. Yeah, yeah. it looks visually interesting, but. I, I think it's going to be a musical because they're pushing all these music artists and I guess a soundtrack. That's, yeah, the artist. Justin Timberlake soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He I heard the, I heard the, I heard the song today because um, somebody posted it on, on on their wall. Um, but I was like, 
Oh, the song's not bad. It's it's not like very good. I know Justin Timberlake is capable of making catchier songs than that. So it's kind of disappointing on that front. I thought the song would at least be really catchy. This one is not. Did any of you guys <laughs> like Troll Dolls? No. No. No, I never no not particularly. No, I, I wasn't a big fan of Mary Kate and Ashley. <sighs> oh. They look like troll babies. That, no, I'm 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 with Steph on that. I'm with they. They look like weird trolls. I don't never got why people like them. <laughs> no, like like if you cut the hair off of it, uh, one of those crazy hair trolls, and you put them next to uh, Mary Kay and Ashley from like um, Full House, it's almost identical. Yeah, no, it is. They look like. In fact, I mean, people don't like to talk about this, but they weren't actually little girls. They were tr- mythical trolls they found, and then they hired. When they started getting older, they hired teen girls to take their place. That's <laughs> People don't, you know, the media and the Illuminati are all involved in this, and it's it's been going on for years. But I'm I'm gonna tell you the truth. That's that's what really happened. I, I was always a Street Sharks kid. Those were those were my favorite toys to collect. But um, yeah, they were awesome. Uh, but the the funny thing about trolls is that at one point they did try marketing them to boys by having them. <laughs> oh, by, Crystal by Defenders. Ha- yeah, Crystal Defenders. Oh yes, I remember that. Troll. I talked about this in the last video, the top ten ripoffs that that can't, that should be out now. But there was a Troll Protectors, which is them forming a rock band, and they were also like Ninja Turtle ripoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they looked exactly like Ninja Turtles, except they had big ears and hair. You cannot save trolls. Trolls look terrible from the beginning. Like I don't know what the appeal of trolls were. They always looked horrible. Like you don't. Why did anybody like these things? They're supposed <laughs> to be cute. We didn't have the internet I mean, then, gotta, and people were bored. They're like, when's the internet going to happen? I don't know. Let's buy some trolls. I mean, we got to find somebody who's like, yeah, trolls are awesome. Like classic, original, ugly, naked baby trolls. Stone protectors. That's what it's called. Stone protectors. There were several reboots like Troll Warriors, uh, Troll Fighters, <laughs> Super Trolls. Super Troll Island. There were like three cartoons. No, there were four cartoons. Like, I, Yeah, there was like one that was like a Smurf strip off, one where they were like superheroes. Ninja Turtle ripoffs, and then in the two thousands, uh, Deke made like fashionable trolls with a Z, and they were like they were like these glamorous. I don't know, like these. They love fashion and makeup, and they were like brats. See, dolls. they look exactly like the Ninja Turtles. Do you remember? They do look like. Do you remember when they, the Ninja Turtles had fucking face fake human masks? Oh, That's exactly yeah. what they look like. <laughs> oh my god, that one on the, oh, the one all the way to the left looks like Krang. That looks yeah. just like Krang. He has the Krang bodysuit and everything. <laughs> they, they try- That's not my body. Try- yeah, sure. Daddy, bro. I think I mentioned something. I'm in the new movie. <laughs> but did anyone see that piece of shit? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what? Oh. Anyway, I guess we can talk about that Ninja Turtles film. I'd like to. Yeah, okay. Let's do All it. All right, let's go. Okay. Let's talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Out of the Shadows, the film for theaters. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here we go. Take the shot, Mikey. What's your name? Casey Jones. As long as we all have our hockey masks, what could go wrong? Yeah. I still don't know what you're saying. Ready PG-13. I mean, I thought it was better than the first one, but I, I thought it was good, but not, like, great. Oh, yeah. It was better than the first I, one, definitely. I didn't really... I don't know. I don't love that. The new franchise is, like... It was, like, it was better, but it was better for something I don't care about. Yeah. The new, I mean, I, they're probably, like, 
pretend this never happened and rebooted it a few years from I mean, now. It didn't do well. It was part of the string yeah. of sequels that nobody saw or liked or wanted. Though one thing I do appreciate is this one was clearly trying to be more cartoonish. Yeah. Like the characters actually look like they came out of the cartoon, the Bebop on Rocksteady. Like I bet what they wanted to do, I bet they wish they could just like edit the turtles, but it's like we're attached to this one movie, so we gotta stick with these designs. Yeah. So lighten lighten them up a little bit, but don't change them too much. Mm-hmm. Because I think they did uh, change their color schemes a little so they're a little brighter and less dark. Uh, see, to me, like, it's just like, uh, I would just use an excuse to to make them totally different. Like, oh, they're mutating more or something. Like, you could just pull that out of your yeah. ass and anybody would buy it at this point. Nobody really cares. There was a conflict where um, <laughs> they had this, this anti-mutagen or something where they said, this can turn us into humans. If this, <laughs> I mean, if this turned Bebop and Rocksteady into mutant animals, maybe we can turn into humans somehow which i mean they, they don't exactly turn into like exact rhinos or an, yeah. an exact animal they turn into a mutant form so i think what would happen if the uh, turtles took this chemical and they turned themselves into humans i think they'll end up looking like the garbage pale kids movie oh my god oh. <laughs> Like, I want that, like, I want them to do that, and they just go to, like, a party, and everyone's just staring, and they're like, why is everyone staring at us? I don't know. <laughs> they, show this, they show this mutation stuff, and it, it's just, like, uh, Donnie pouring them on himself, and his hand temporarily turns human. Um, it's like, don't introduce that concept, and then not actually do anything with it. Yeah. Like, th- there should have yeah. been, like, uh, for the, like, the second act to the third act, Michelangelo's human for a little bit. Like, like, because he stu- <laughs> snuck some of it, but it was temporary. Like that, if that was made in the '90s, that was what would happen. Yeah, I. What I like about the original film, and I guess the TV show and comics, is that they're actually like really, they're really proud to be who they are. Like they're not like ashamed of it. They don't feel like total outcasts. That's why I love when Michelangelo says he loves being a turtle. Like that's, I don't know. Like to introduce this concept of like we don't fit in. It's just like, it's so. It's so not necessary in a Ninja Turtles movie to me. It just doesn't it doesn't suit the tone well for me. I don't get it. Oh, for all those years, like Mikey has been saying, I love being a turtle. Like there should have been a scene where Raphael's like, so what? You love being a turtle? That doesn't mean anything anymore. You want to be a human? (laughs) Oh, no. He went against everything he said before. Mikey has turned on his own kind. But there was that one stupid, overly traumatic scene where they have a break in into the police station to get something. And conveniently, these two other evil uh, Foot Clan ninjas break in at the exact same time somehow. (laughs) And the police try to stop the turtles and they hold guns to them and they're like, what is that? They're monsters. (laughs) They're monsters. (laughs) And like, Mikey's like, but I'm not a monster. And he starts to cry. It reminds me of that stupid scene in the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie where he's like, I'm not the bad guy. I'm like, (laughs) you're right. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it was, I don't know, that movie. Oh, God. But you could argue that this, Out of the Shadows is not inherently, I mean, it's a bad movie, but it tried. Like, it it has really good concepts. Uh, Then it's Turtles wanting to be human or fit in that that alone could easily fill up a whole movie uh shredder building new uh, new army out of mutations that'd be great uh crane coming and alien invasion easily but like yeah. uh the biggest problem is that it doesn't actually sit there and like let that stew for a bit it just kind of like mm-hmm. uh the ninja turtles don't really have a moment to where they are neglected they just kind of start talking about how they feel 
And that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing is it, it I, just tells us. Well, they, I, they should have also that movie is very nostalgic for the cartoon show. And if they had sold it more on because like this is also like from Secret of the Ooze, which had the ripoff Bebop and Rocksteady. That, it, yeah, that they, they weren't allowed to use Bebop and Rocksteady in that one. So they finally this is the first live action movie with Bebop and Rocksteady. They should have even though like they sold it quite a bit but like if you look at any of the posters they're selling the turtles and they shouldn't have sold the turtles they should have sold hey krang is in a movie this is the cartoon show that you've always wanted i think it would have maybe done a little better but they instead acted like people cared about the characters from the first one which i don't think they did i do remember um that the first teaser posters for the entire movie were the bebop and rocksteady wanted posters oh yeah So, so like there was that um but it's funny because, like, just talking about all the drama and stuff, and I don't want to keep harping. Every time somebody brings up the new Turtles movie, I just end up talking about how good the first one was. And it's like, not not the first new Ninja Turtles, the, ori- the original Ninja Turtles movie. 1990. Yeah. I was going to say, boot them. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it just kind of talking about all these, like, themes and stuff like that. Like, the original Turtles had a really good, like, emotional core where it was – it was really all about family at the end of the day, like different types of families and what family means and stuff like that. And I, I still really like that concept that like, yeah, they're not like part of the human race quite yet, but like, doesn't matter. They have like a really strong family. And that's what makes, that's what makes that scene where they come home to find out that Splinter has been kidnapped, like so powerful. Like when Raphael just screams, like that's, that's still a really good scene. And you feel the emotion that even though it's a guy in a turtle suit doing it, like it, it works because they build it up to believe that it's like they, they help you believe it's like a real family. And I really like that. I just don't get that from these two movies at all. Well, no, they don't spend they they don't spend enough time developing things. They have too many. They want to show off like one of the turtles doing a flip in that weird like skateboard with the rocket on it thing. And like if they cared more about establishing the characters of it. But I also think turtle movies have a problem of not under not being consistent with their adaptation from movie to movie and like if they were they could build a real franchise but i think since the first one was mainly selling their nostalgia like hey parents you can take your kids to a turtles movie and people weren't as in love with it i don't think they i think they should have thought out making a sequel a little better i think they just assumed everyone would love to do this again and it didn't exactly work out how they wanted it to i mean which is what happened with now you see me too and snow white and the hunt or huntsman whatever it was and like so many other sequels as well they they didn't go do people want this they went no we want to do a sequel Mm -hmm. and we want to make money and it, it has turned out for a pretty lousy summer <laughs> or like independence day resurgence being the worst of all of them so yeah nobody saw that no I, will smith didn't even see it what do you think was the reason for independence day bombing was it the fact that will smith wasn't in it and there was no stars um, besides jeff i Goldblum? think it was like on paper independence day resurgence should have been like jurassic world like on just on paper i'm not saying and i don't think independence day has the same lasting nostalgia as Jurassic Park, but in terms of a 90s blockbuster that everyone always wanted a certain sequel to, Independence Day is one of those. But the problem is is that you had Roland Emmerich should not have come back. They should have found a younger director like Jurassic World did, and Jurassic World had that fun Chris Pratt running with Velociraptor shot, 
or, or not running with the motor. Well, you all know. Everybody knows what I mean, doesn't yeah. But they didn't have, there was yeah. no shot in any of the Independence Day Resurgence trailers that made you go, oh, shit, this is crazy. It was just like, oh, they're, they're going to suck up the cities and throw them back down at them. That's like super, that's like not interesting. How anything in that, tra- was anything in that trailer, uh, okay, sorry. Did anything in that trailer look any better than anything in 2012? Like, no. no. So, like, uh-huh. people are already sick of Roland Emmerich's style, and throwing the Roland uh, and throwing the Roland Emmerich style at people for a sequel turned them off. So, and Will Smith's not in it. I think that hurt them a lot more than they wanted to admit. They should have just found a way to get him in it, but they didn't, yeah so yeah. And also in, like, every single trailer, you always see the city getting destroyed. So uh, this doesn't really separate itself. I mean, like, back then, uh, seeing these monuments getting destroyed in 1995 or yeah. so was something interesting. Just to see landmarks getting blown up like that. But now every movie with CGI can just well, do that. So it's not really yeah. as that, special. That's kind of what I was, like, they needed an iconic imagery. And the reason people saw Independence Day is they saw the White House exploding and it, like, was memorable. And, like, most of when people would talk about it, like, even on SNL skits was Bill Clinton being like, oh, I, I didn't like the part where they blew up the White House. And, like, everybody knew that part. And Independence Day Resurgence didn't have that. And without it, I mean, I just, but I think ultimately they needed, I'm not, like, an ageist or something, but, like, I think those movies need a younger, fresher director, not a director who literally everyone's sick of. I mean, that's Roland Emmerich. I don't think anyone wants to see a Roland Emmerich movie. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, one thing I did find interesting about the trailers, I didn't see the movie, but, like, the fact that uh, after the death of all these aliens, they took all their technology and they improved humankind's yeah. technology. And I thought that no, was interesting. It, it's a good concept. And I read, I've been following them trying to make this movie. And at first, there was a version where basically they're just going to be like, and that's why we have iPhones. And I was like, no, this is such a cool concept. Don't, don't do that. But it's, it's a cool yes. conceptually it's such a cool idea, but they do not have enough fun with it. Like they, they, they should have had way crazier shit. And like, I mean, you know, that movie had so many problems, but did I, I don't know if you watch, if anyone watched my review of it or anything, but a lady actually started yelling at the screen after the movie oh, yeah. ended yeah. And, and started. And she actually said, while it's said directed by Roland Emmerich, she was actually yelling like, this is bullshit. I hate this movie. Like she was so Jesus. <laughs> what was this like a midnight screening? It was yeah, it was one of the first screenings and it was oh. actually hilarious because um I went by myself but behind me I recognize all these like critics who write for websites were there as well. So I read like there's like got to be like 10 different reviews from people um that include this lady screaming at the screen. <laughs> so she she had like this huge impact that she might not even know that that happened, but That's she awesome. she had a bigger impact than the actual movie. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the they best... All these years she waited for that sequel to happen and it did and it was awful. <laughs> the best part is when at the end of the movie they say we're going to kick some intergalactic ass and she goes, I'm going to kick their intergalactic ass <laughs> if I see them for making this sick. Movie. I like this lady. I want to see a lot more movies with her. They would have had my my money if at the end of the trailer, like for some nonsensical reason, Randy Quaid somehow came back. Yeah, everyone wanted Randy. Yeah, that's what I... (laughs) Please. That's the problem is they got rid of the best two characters who had the best lines in the the first movie. Yeah. Will Smith, he died, welcome to Earth. And then... uh, it's me or whatever he said as he I'm went back. In I mean, yeah. they did yeah. some interesting things. Like they made it more of 
a global movie to a certain degree. Like they had uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg and they had this African tribal leader. That was just strange. And like they had like they really tried to open it up to the world because Independence Day is very American focused. And well, what? I mean, it's it's fun. Well, the first movie, it kind of was like about all the world ga- gathering together. No, but, yeah, but it, it was like it, they, they, they just showed America like they showed clips. of. Their oh, play. Yeah. But it's like it's so American. It's ridiculous. Apparently, other countries felt weird about it because they're like, OK, it's our Independence Day. Like, fuck you, man. I'm in France right now. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you know? <laughs> I, I remember, I don't know what video I was watching, but it was some guy talking about, like, his reaction to the first movie's trailer. And he said he saw it one day when he was waking up in college, and he turned on the TV, and it was just the scene of a White House blowing up, and it scared him <laughs> so much that he thought the actual White House had blown up. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. War of the World. And... Oh, my God. That's Fuck. funny. You know, that's the, that... Uh... The Super Bowl ad for that is considered the first uh, big, impactful movie Super Bowl ad for the first. Really? Movie. Yeah, it's but some people consider Independence Day the a the beginning of modern like '90s and 2000s blockbusters, which I don't. I feel like it had already started and stuff, but a lot of people feel that way about Independence Day. You know what would have made the movie better? What? If during the third act, they're like, "There's no hope," and all of a sudden, it's Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> and a jet fire coming in, all space jam, and then <laughs> d- just make like a space jam like pun. Oh my god! You know what? That would that to, movie would to space million dollars. Space Jam Independence Day crossover. <laughs> <laughs> oh they boy! Done that. You know what? Since oh, Warner's that is a good has, idea. <laughs> Warner's has Warner's has Space Jam. That should have been that the third act for Batman and Superman. <laughs> like, like, like Doomsday, they're like, what do we do? And he goes, da 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 And Bill Murray defeats Doomsday. No, Bill Murray dies in the funerals for Bill Murray. By the way, spoiler for anyone oh. who hasn't seen Batman vs. Superman. And the funerals for Bill Murray instead of Superman. <laughs> God, Bill that's... Murray dies in Batman Superman? Well, I have no reason to see the phone now. Uh, <laughs> the funeral, the funeral, the, the funeral procession. The music is just da 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 da. Like I on Trump. Had a friend on Facebook who, who saw finally saw Batman vs Superman and said, "Like, I can't believe no one spoiled for me that Superman dies. Thanks, everybody, or thanks for the movie for not making an impact whatsoever." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one seems to talk about that at all. Like, no one seemed to care. No, no, it was but, like a, but it was like by that point in the movie, you're so done as a as a person that like you, there's no way you're gonna tell people about that. It's like that movie had like 20 different endings. Like at the uh, like people were already walking out the theater when that was happening. That was yeah. That's the only time a characters died, and like the whole audience was like, "Yeah, fuck you. We know this isn't for real. Come on, don't, yeah. Don't even, don't even front. Like, come on." What What's sad is um earlier in the film, uh, you see Superman get hit by a nuclear blast, and he he looks like he's dead, but like the sun recharges him, and he's back and when he actually supposedly did die in the movie like i just assumed i didn't think he actually died i was like oh he's unconscious he'll be fine oh that's like oh wait he's dead what we're having a funeral (laughs) we're doing death of superman now what this is bullshit i I will say when he got hit by the nuclear blast and he was like decrepit for five seconds he looked a lot like bizarro and that kind of got me excited Mm. 
and then you know it didn't turn out it turned out no, it was nothing oh. batman versus superman is the cinematic blue balls of 2016 because <laughs> you're like is something gonna happen no no never mind oh it, this looks really cool oh, no no and see that's that is like a perfect way to start setting up stuff where it's like he got hit by this missile and it created a double with him somehow like you could oh, yeah. like even if like sneak, oh that's stupid it is stupid but like in that universe, I'd kind of accept it. I was yeah, like, but it, for that movie, it's the right kind of stupid. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, actually, nothing. a lot of stuff did happen in this movie. The, the problem was none of it was coherent. No. It's like, oh, this happened, and then this other thing over here happened, and then this other thing over here that happened. And there wasn't, you know, what for a movie that cost that much, not a lot of fighting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I was gonna say that. Like there should have been more fighting. I wanted more Batman and I wanted more V and less Batman and Superman. <laughs> so yeah. nothing is more than blue balls than the yeah. the Godzilla movie, though. Well, at least okay. The first hour was bullshit, but the second hour was well, wait, you, wait, wait, which Godzilla? The thing with Godzilla is that I have a weird thing about that because it's like I understand he tried to do this like artsy thing in a blockbuster, and like the point of it is so that final. Because you do get a release. This is getting creepy. But the, you do get a release <laughs> with the fight at the end. And waiting so long makes that fight, which is a cool fight. It's really well done. But uh, having he sets it up so you're so pent up. It's like it feels amazing. But is I it worth not. sacrificing the whole movie? I mean, I, I like nice. when he rips the... I could not enjoy it. I was so angry about... Oh, you were just angry at that uh, yeah point. like at that point i was just so frustrated that i couldn't enjoy it after you have like the part where it's like oh man they're about to fight oh this is gonna be so cool and yeah. then they like camera turns and you start focusing on the wife who you're supposed to care about but you, she's been on the screen less than 30 seconds beforehand so i have no emotional attachment to her oh versus yeah. godzilla who i really <laughs> came for Mm-hmm. Well, who directed who directed that against the guy who's directing um, the new Star Wars? Right? Yeah, he, he did. Well, the thing is, he did the same thing in a low budget movie called Monsters. But yeah. the point was, what he did is, it's these two people travel. Well, there's a lot of setup, but basically, it's two people traveling this place where there's tons of monster, giant kaiju kind of monsters that destroyed everything, and he used where Mexican cartels had destroyed towns, so it looked like giant monsters had destroyed right. them, which, which yeah. is really smart and shows you how fucked up and it's, cartels I think, are. But. I think his, his the pr- biggest problem with him is that, like, he was like, huh, people liked it the first time I did, you know, I, I, like, I think he well, underestimated he, he, how bad... Go he, ahead. What he did is, like, you could say, well, why, is Jaws, why does Jaws work? And Spielberg didn't tease you. Like, the problem yeah. with Godzilla is all of those points before, there's a certain point where he crosses the line. Like, the scene with the kid where you're watching the TV and Godzilla, the kid's watching TV and it cuts away and you don't see the fight, but you can see you're missing out on it. That's fucking with the audience. And in Jaws, it's a slow reveal. Everything up until that point is tense. But Godzilla, it's not handled as... Like, it's he didn't handle it as well. Yeah. So, like, in in... Jaws, there's like also interesting characters going on, and like uh, all the characters in Godzilla like really sucked, especially in that one. Um, and I know God, the humans in Godzilla are never the parts anyone likes, but that one in particular, I did not like any of those people, and I'm forced to spend time with them. And unless he's gonna have Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus, um, I don't give a shit. And he just like you know that was the worst part of it. You know, it's, it's like it's like uh, I I do really love the original Godzilla, both cuts of it, like the American cut and the Japanese cut. 
Um, and say what you will about them adding Raymond Burren, but like at least they gave him a performance where he, like he's clearly chilled by what's happening, you know, outside. Really? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I, 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 I was. I felt like Raymond Burr. They like shot it in a day and didn't like. I I kind of semi think that cut is racist. Because they basically take a film that's mainly about how America did something really terrible, like, I, yeah, like I fucked up the Japanese I'm just people. I'm a performance standpoint. Like, I think he did, oh, think he well, did good for what it is. Yeah, but the cut itself is like, let's take out all the political context that makes America look bad and put in Raymond Burr and these scenes that we really didn't spend enough time on and take all of that out and make it look stupid and not understand why uh, the Japanese made this movie. And I think it's like totally like insulting in a way. I mean, we didn't know that because Gojira didn't come out here until like the last ten years, I think. Recently, it wasn't uh, the original. Well, the original's been available for a while, from what I know. No, it wasn't like on was bootlegs, it? on bootlegs only. But it uh, wasn't theatrically released unless you knew Japanese. Um, you couldn't see it, so it was because I remember it was like a major moment. It was like two. 2005 or six, it got an official release and people were flipping out. And I think that's actually why they wanted to make another Godzilla because the context of Godzilla for Americans and most English speaking audiences had changed because they saw the real Godzilla and went, holy shit, this movie's like about stuff other than things that go explodey. <laughs> Sorry, that was a rant. Let's no, I, I think that's, I think that's a, a totally good valid point. I'm just going off my memories of it more than anything. Like I, I, when you brought up that whole context, it, it makes a lot more sense that uh, way. I, I don't know. I I I loved that Raymond Burr version until I saw the Japanese one, and I was like, "This, I don't feel good about this anymore." Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Japanese version is really fucked up. It's it's no, uh, it, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's, no, 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 it's, it's it's good. It's just really disturbing. I mean, yeah, and it talks about a lot of issues, like how that opening scene is based on how the U.S. without Japanese consent uh, tested nuclear weapons, and there was a fishing boat act out there, and they got. Uh, you know, radiation sickness. So that opening right. sequence, if you were a Japanese audience, is highly political. But if you're an American audience, you're like, where's the monster on board? <laughs> Let me get this straight. We got a robot samurai, two mutants. That's Rumble, baby! And whatever that thing is. Wait, are we doing something? Let's see what you got. Cowabunga! Ready PG-13. So is that all for Godzilla? Yes. <laughs> it started off as, as Ninja Turtles and it turned to Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah, more more on oh. the news from 2014. <laughs> Whatever green monsters, yeah. But um going back to Ninja Turtles, I did like uh yeah, Cowboy I mean, I was gonna say Cowboy Bebop, but Bebop and Rocksteady were the best parts of that movie. Yeah, they were well cast. Yeah. The only Seamus problem WWE played uh Rocksteady, right? And the guy from the Boondocks, um the one who plays uh Uncle Ruckus ah. <laughs> plays Bebop. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. My only issue with the bad guy side of Ninja Turtles is the fact that Shredder doesn't fit. No. You have like this jokey uh, Tyler Perry version of of Baxter Stockman. You have the (laughs) goofy uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. You even have like Krang fucking around with them. But like Shredder in this version is one that would not take shit from any of this. Like why would Shredder trust his whole operation towards two fuckers they met for like five seconds? (laughs) 
Yeah. I got no idea. But when for some person who hasn't seen Ninja Turtles and they saw the scene where Krang gets introduced, like they have they would have no idea what's going on. Like they suddenly Shredder just gets teleported to some alien planet possibly and this pink thing starts talking to him. Like what what would a person who has never seen Ninja Turtles and doesn't know Krang think I don't know. Because I've seen Ninja like, Turtles, so I can't this say. This must be so confusing for anyone who hasn't seen this. You know what actually didn't work is Casey Jones, I don't think. Oh, I mean, yeah, that, Casey. That, what Stephen Amell is oh, 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 shit, not you, Casey Green, but Casey Jones. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Amell is no Elias Kataeus. Like, oh, he, apparently he turned down having a cameo in this. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. He's got better things to do. But they cut out April, the original April O'Neil, and she did shoot a cameo. People uh, are speculating that if, they don't know if she really did shoot a cameo or she just appeared on set. Oh. Just, just a visit. Who oh. knows? Okay, I'll give him. <laughs> one thing for uh, Casey Jones, like, when he's fighting Cowboy... I, Bebop and Rocksteady at the end, <laughs> like... He trips and he lands in like next to some uh, a chair with wheels on it. For some reason, he thinks it's a good idea to get the wheels of this chair, this rolly chair, and tape it to the bottom of his feet and make roller skates right on the spot. Which for some reason, this, this rolly chair has like wheels that are positioned the same way a roller blades are, like four <laughs> wheels together. Which I've never seen a rolly chair do that ever. Oh, I have I have inline roller rolly chairs. They're amazing. They're in they're intense, <laughs> they, bro. I don't think you could handle. I want to grind on rails while sitting down. Yeah, yeah. I, I do Tony Hawk moves while I'm editing. <laughs> they really forced in just having Casey Jones uh, doing roller skating moves on the in this film. Oh, oh, and for some reason, remember Karai? She got her ass kicked by just April and uh, that other guy, Will Arnett. <laughs> Vern. But, uh, Vern. Vern, yeah, Vern. Like, this is bull... Like, Lego that Batman. was bullshit. This is... You can't just have... Megan Fox and Will Arnett just beat up Karai like that so easily. It's okay, okay. Uh, April O'Neil has a whole slew of problems. First of all, she's still a reporter, but she doesn't actually go to work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't sleep either because she spends all night with the Turtles and then spends all day with Casey Jones. Like, it, uh, she literally doesn't sleep. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, give her a mattress on the floor of that sewer at least, please. Also, what the fuck happened with, with, with Splinter? Why is he a completely different character now? I guess they redesigned him so he looks more cartoonish. No, it's not even his design. It's his personality. Before, he was like, I'm an asshole. I'm a, I'm a strict parent. To now being like, I'm goofy. Oh. Like, he I did that with him in, um, in Ninja Turtles 3, um, where it's just like, you know, in the first movie, he's very sage-like. And, he you know, he teaches the kids. And the second one, he's got a lamp. And the third one, he's got like a lampshade on his head. Just like Elvis in New Hawaii. <laughs> oh, <laughs> another funny. <laughs> <laughs> So many- and the fact you never see his feet. Yeah. He- James Rolfe summed it up. He basically looks like a, a puppet on Sesame Street because you never see his feet. He's always behind something. Yeah. The, the majority of the movie, he's in um, the subway car and uh, like you never see the bottom half of him because they just did not no. have the budget to do it. Um, I It's it's like, I don't know. He, he makes a lot of funnies. <laughs> they, they need to stop keeping count of how many funnies he makes. He's getting a little... Uh, a little pretentious with that, but uh, uh, somebody somebody should put a counter. How many funnies he makes? <laughs> you know, okay, okay. Oh, uh, funny. Out, out of all, Splinter is one of those characters that, like, I thought the '80s cartoon did him the best. Yeah. yeah to I mean, where, like, he was human turned into a rat. So I feel like they gave them a lot of motivation to fight Shredder. 
like trying to uh, like figure out how to convert him to human, not the turtles themselves, because they they were just turtles. So like their lives are better, but they're trying to fight for their master whose life is worse because now he's a, a monster. You know, um, mm-hmm. I like that motivation, but so far everything's been more towards the original comics, and no one's ever touched upon that anymore. I think <laughs> I think that would have been a great motivation um, for this. I remember when my sister went to go see my older sister, who me me and her grew up on the first Ninja Turtles movie. She went to go see the two thousand seven an- animated one, and she came back from the theater and she was like, "Yeah, I just saw the new Ninja Turtles." And like, what do you think? It's like I, I liked it. It kind of continued the story of the other three. And I was like, "Oh, did you not like anything about?" It? She's like, "I didn't like the way to design Splinter. He's too cute. Like he's kind of ugly in the original movies, and I miss that." <laughs> and I'm like, "That's your biggest concern?" She's like, "Yes." <laughs> Yeah, I guess like thinking back to it, yeah, the the, the nineteen ninety Splinter was pretty good of how sage like he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, like I said, you really feel for him when like he gets kidnapped because he's like until the end, you kind of see him as defenseless. It's like he's this yeah. old man who kind of helps them. And he's oh, they yeah. have him in the they have him just like strung up on the fence and beating the shit out of him, and it's like oh mm-hmm. man, this is this is heartbreaking. And then he kicks, but then he kicks ass at the end. <laughs> yeah, just by just. Throwing a shredder off uh, off the building like that easily. <laughs> in the end, in the end, Splinter is the most powerful character. That is kind of awesome. Yeah. And see, that's that's why I think that movie is so appropriate for sequels. The original was so appropriate for sequel uh, to be you know sequelized is because the turtles still have a lot of learning to do to mm-hmm. catch up to mm-hmm. their master. I like that. That's actually kind of cool. And they threw it all the way with the sequel. Yeah. Uh, look, Secret of the Use is. Is horribly cheesy, but it's not that bad. I argue it's yeah, the most it's, enjoyable of the two yeah, original of Turtles movies. Of oh, that reminds me. I was kind of expecting like Vanilla Ice to appear in the new movie, but they only play his song yeah. like in a bar, and that's well, it. That was because he did like the Today Show and did some press and played ninja rap. So, I mean, it was kind of understandable. Like I thought that as well. I was like, why did he do all this press if they were not going to do ninja rap in the movie? I think you're underselling yeah. it. It's not that we were expecting, it's that we wanted it. Yes. Well, no, it's, it's <laughs> that I wanted it and that he did, if he hadn't done press, I wouldn't also have thought maybe it will happen. If they had just, like, let him, you know, I don't know, if he hadn't done any, it would just be something I wanted. <laughs> they just confused me. That's, yeah. But, uh, I think, like, like, okay, I messed up on the recording. After this, all my audio became screwed up, but everyone else's audio is fine. So here's the rest of the podcast without my voice. And it's kind of somewhat coherent, but not really. So here it is if you want it. Otherwise, I don't know. I fucked up. But the good thing is we still had an hour and a half of normal podcast time, which is the usual time a podcast is. On my podcast, so here it is. Whatever. I Every say, scene she was in 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 Transformers, she was either like bending over or doing some sexy pose. And I get maybe maybe at this point she's just so used to him making her do stuff like that. Yeah, it was her suggestion. She, she was like, yeah, no, was, no, no, no. This will look really good in the trailers. It was an improv. <laughs> like she came on set one day, like, guys, I have an idea for a scene. I think you're gonna like it, and they just went with it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um. I, I, I think it's interesting that they combined – I mean, they didn't really combine two Baxter Stockmans, but they did kind of take the – you know, in the comics, he's black, and but yeah. way more serious than he is in the cartoon. So they took the goofy cartoon version of him and combined him with the black version from the comic book, 
And I thought that was kind of weird. It was just like, I don't, I kind of like the black version more, but don't make him goofy. I kind of like the more serious Baxter Stockman. Well, it's very clear that he's going to be turned into a fly in the third one. Yeah. And I'm so upset by the fact that they didn't use the opportunity to make a fly pun. You know, because there's a part where, like, Shredder dismisses him, and it's just, I think it's something just like, Baxter, get in the car or something. And it's, it could have been, like, buzz off. Or, yeah. no, 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 he says, uh, you're, you're all, what you'll always be. Uh, and then uh, imbecile or something. And it's, like, such a, a good chance to be, like, you're, you know, a pathetic fly or, you know, something. Yeah, I, I if look, if in that third movie they fight Baxter Stockman on the bridge, I am down. Like if it's and if it's if it's two thirty a.m. like just like the beginning of the fourth. Two thirty a.m. Big Apple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am down. I, I will. I will be there if if they do that. And then they fight. And, and then they fight Metalhead and Leatherhead uh, simultaneously. That, no, um, no. Honestly, that. tell me this would not sell tickets. But if they brought Toka and Razor. And like the big like fight is between them and Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> that would sell tickets. If they did turtle, if they did turtles in time right, instead of just sending them back to feudal Japan, I would be, I, I would watch that. Honestly, that could be a lot of fun. Wait, how would they do turtles in time right? I don't know. They just did oh, just copy oh, the wait. arcade game. Wait, wait, <laughs> I, I, sure, I got yeah. it. They they send the 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 animatronic turtles to the new turtles franchise and do like that turtles forever movie, but with the live action movies. Oh, that <laughs> that would sell. That would be huge. Yeah, those were pretty advanced for the time. They it? were, yeah. absolutely. Oh, you're amazing. Jim Henson said they were his favorite creation. No. I just liked yeah, I, when I was a kid. I liked that the turtles swore a lot. Like that, it just it it wasn't like even now I don't consider like edgy. I'm just like no, they're just from New York. They just swear a lot. Damn! Damn! Oh yeah. Ninja kick the damn rabbit. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but like bringing Toga and Razor as the better mutants, it, it story wise makes sense. Like it's almost too easy to do, so you know they're not going to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yusagi Ujimbo? Yeah. They can't. That would be they won't. crazy. Um, because uh, uh, he's no longer attached to the Ninja Turtles franchise due to oh. Nickelodeon want to own the complete rights to him for him to appear as a cameo, and the creator is not willing to do that. What's that? Uh, no, I, I think the original creator still owns the uh, character fully. I mm. I, I, I definitely like the Easter eggs in the CGI movie where you see, like, the Time Scepter and stuff like that. I, I kind of wish they had pushed a lot more Easter eggs in, in this movie. Like, I would have liked to see, like, in the corner of, like, their hideout or something, like, Metalhead is there. Like, Donnie's working on Metalhead or something. Like, stuff like that I, I, I tend to like because it's it's a tr- it's a it doesn't add to the plot or anything. But it's like, oh, they've seen the original show. It's like, they, they know what they're doing. <laughs> Like, they want a soft reboot from a reboot, almost. It was like, yeah, it was like very set to the superhero origin story genre. It was like yeah. not, not anything special more than that. I did uh, a storyboard for an episode, uh, The Thin Yellow Line. Yeah, I was asked by Adam Mudo, the showrunner at the time, and still is, uh, if I wanted to. Uh, we're mutual just fans of each other's work and... Yeah, I said, sure, I'd like to try. So I was just a guest storyboard with uh, Emily Partridge on that episode. Uh, it aired er- later, earlier this year, I think. Yeah, I think they're sort of, they haven't done a, any in a long time, I don't think, recently. Yeah, it aired back in March of this year. Well, it's nobody's new favorite show anymore, you know. 
six hours of Teen Titans Go! The new Johnny Test for them, that's for sure. <laughs> Fair so, enough. So I recently found out that this is kind of related, but kind of not. Um, Lego Scooby-Doo is a DVD now. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> and like, I made a joke on Twitter, like, who fucked ass for this? And my one of my... <laughs> One of my buddies has friends that worked on the show, and he was kind of like, hey, that paid people's jobs. And it's like, it's not that we don't appreciate the fact that they, these these give people, you know, a career and they have something they can build off of. And not everyone gets to work on a show that, they, what they're, that they're fans of, you know. Um, sometimes you have to take a gig to take a gig. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, a lot, you know, like, for example, I, I do the Yamama and Animine stuff, and – in the past, I, I've had people be like, oh, you work on anime, you work on your mama jokes. Um, I used to have, you know, I, I used to like you. And it's like all of a sudden Whoa. my value is less because I I get, I get you know, I, I, I pay my bills. But uh, <laughs> basically, but I, I don't want to be like a dick about it. But it's one of those things where like I, I just wanted to mention on here that like just because someone worked on something doesn't mean they're not of talent. And just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it, it it doesn't have a place in this world. Mm. Um, I mean, like, Lego Scooby-Doo seems kind of weird, and I, it clearly has an audience because it got made, but and I don't see the point. But s- some, like, 8-year-old, 12-year-old, 7-year-old kid, is that's his favorite movie now. Yeah. And that's okay. I'm still surprised Scooby-Doo is, is still such a modern thing now. Mm. Mm. I, I just... Yeah. I, I finished the first season of Mr. Inc. and I really like that. So it's oh, the only show. It's like the only good one. Yeah. yeah. Well, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island is pretty solid. Oh, yeah. that was the first. That was their first movie after a while, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was like a Renaissance. It was like yeah. a the Scooby Renaissance, the great Scooby Renaissance of the nineties. It kind of was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Monsters were real that time. That was the big seller. Except yeah. for. Before the show got canceled, uh, or before you know, between that hiatus between Zombie Island and the last show, they were doing real monsters from like <laughs> Thirteen Ghosts had real monsters in it. Thirteen Ghosts is Scooby Doo. Uh, oh, anything with yeah. Scrappy. The, like, but that, that was just that was yeah. just Shaggy and Scooby. Those were like non-canon entities. That was and, them and getting Scrappy. We don't talk about him, but he was there. Those. those... The, those those side series uh, with with the Ghoul School and Thirteen Ghosts are just they, they don't count because they're just Scooby and Shaggy getting high and thinking they're talking to monsters. Hey, that's, hey, that's half all the gang was in Thirteen Ghosts. Daphne Daphne Daphne, Daphne ha- kept having to tell them like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. There are no ghosts. Why the fuck is there? <laughs> who who brought this kid? Flip <laughs> flip. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that that new show had one funny joke with Daphne and the and the sock puppet. That was kind of funny, and then everything else in that show is garbage. It's great because like Mystery Inc. had the best Daphne we've ever seen. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. Followed by okay, we don't know what the fuck to do with Daphne. Uh, we'll just give her a gimmick every episode. That that show has a really cool Mystery Inc. has a great theme song by Matthew Sweet too. Like, I got like that. Oh, That's probably yeah. my favorite theme song, and I'm a big fan of his. And like I Didn't saw him he... doing that, I was like, yes. Did he do... On the Saturday morning uh, cartoons. Yes, he did the Scooby Doo theme. Yeah, his was really good. I love that CD. That that, I, I I work at a record store, and the first day I was there, I, I took that home. Uh, yeah. Or so, the Gigantor yeah. by Helmet, or I I could oh, I listened to that. That was like ninety five. If, if they ever did a Gigantor movie, I would want that Helmet song to be in the trailer. Yeah. That would be great. 
No, it's an awesome song. Yeah. Saturday Morning Cartoons Greatest Hits. Look it up. Yeah. There's a there's a VHS of Drew Barrymore uh, promoting that. What? Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, I didn't. Oh, oh. Can I ask Casey a question about the Adventure Time storyboard thing? Sure. Uh, how did it feel to like go from seeing your your sketches and then actually watching the episode fully for the first time? And did you get to see it as it aired, or did you get to see like a pre? Oh, I I saw it. Uh, uh, I didn't get to see it pre beforehand because the uh, Cartoon Network is always weird about um, uh, uh, like people ripping stuff or whatever, like mm-hmm. early early leaks and whatnot. And I already had a Amazon subscription to that season of Adventure Time. So I was yeah. like, I'll just wait for it to come out. It was actually really cool. Um, I didn't actually do the entire storyboard process. I did the writing and basic layout. Uh, and then you're supposed to revise everything after everything's cool. But I was like, I don't want to draw everything over again. <laughs> I was a I was a weird baby about that. But um, so Emily actually took over my part of doing that, too, which was like great. I love her. Let her do that stuff. That was cool. Uh-huh. Um, but it was really good to see. It was really like it was like a, a weird <laughs> childhood dream come true to see like my little faces every now and then and like Jake's head or whatnot. Um, maybe if I asked if I uh, but right now I'm I'm sort of like sort of feeling out how I want to approach it. How like it, how I want to do anything because I like doing comics. It's like my first passion, but I'd be lying if I said that I never want to try animation again because I hear like plenty of horror stories and I can like guess like how much how much they have to work on one thing all the time. Uh, like I always think about Adventure Time and how that has, I guess, seven or eight seasons now, and it's only been out for six years, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> So like they're they're pushing that shit to its limit almost. Um, so I'm I, like in my head I'm like I'll give myself five years to sort of wrap things up with comics or just like uh, ideas and stuff I want to do and I might actually go and try the animation as an actual job later. Yeah, it was it was really tough learning that with the storyboard thing, which they were cool enough to be like, you can't change the like the pose as often because everyone has to draw that background, <laughs> you know, even if it's just something like uh, 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 underneath like the banana guards feet, because I had a I had a joke that wasn't uh, that was sort of cut for mine where um, they they. Finn and Jake bow with the banana guards to pray to the statue of bubblegum. And I had a joke where Jake's face came down to his foot to be like, Finn, what are you doing? (laughs) But like just to have that extra pose and stuff was like just too much. And it had to be cut and stuff. Whereas in comics, I can just draw that. No problem. You panel the panels always, always always me doing that. So I had to sort of learn to be more restrained in that way. I do a comic right now called He is a Good Boy about a uh, acorn who's left his tree. And um, there are just it's, it's kind of slight horror sci-fi and also just him learning about himself and being a piece of shit. Also, <laughs> this 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 one I'm doing right now is very focused on Looney, like classic Looney Tunes. Uh, those two Bugs Bunny Mad Castle shorts. Like there's like there's two bugs there are di- two different Bugs Bunny shorts where one he went into a, a big crazy castle for like the night or something mm-hmm. or like he was he was dragged to it and one where he just sort of was in the same castle 
it was they were almost the same cartoon, but just the little changes. Like the first Mad Doctor looked like Peter Laurie, and the second yeah. Mad Doctor not. And it had that ether joke at the very end where they were just running really slow. <laughs> um, they're, they're, they almost have the same kind of jokes because it has Gossamer in both of them, but he's called di- like a different name in like the first or something. I could have sworn he was called Big Red at one point, but I could be totally wrong. His official name is Gossamer, but he had a he had a completely different name in either the first or second short. It's, I, I, it's funny because when I, I used to get a... I'm not kidding. I used to uh, mix up Gossamer and Sweetums from Muppets because they both <laughs> yeah. have really weird names. Yeah, the very, very, very nice uh, velvety names for their uh, awful exterior. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he that 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 character was used in like three different Looney Tunes shorts, and in two of them, he was like officially named Gossamer by like you, Chuck Jones or whatever. You figure, um, you figure he would have been in Space Jam because he has pretty cool sneakers. He could play basketball. He probably was in the background at some he point. Probably, I think he. I think he's in the crowd. I think he's in the. They crowd. had so many like just extra bullshit characters that no one knew about, like, like the Boys. two mice. The yeah. two mice, yeah. They should have duplicated Bill Murray into the crowd a bunch of times. If anybody would notice, <laughs> <laughs> he's just sitting in the crowd a bunch of times. Yeah, it's, like thought... a, it's like in a crowd in a video game, you know, like two D sprites just duplicated once, like like oh, like at infinitum. Pan, Pan, Pan mentioned that show Game Over on UPN where uh, oh, I, shit. I remember that stupid show. I remember there was the, the joke was the there was a joke where the daughter had to take an aptitude test to see what character she could be in a video game. And the result she got was background character cheering. And it was only like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you become like two pixels of putting your hands up and down. Wow, that's a. <laughs> That's like a really good joke. <laughs> like, I wouldn't expect out of this awful looking show. There was some, there were some decent episodes of that show, but it was a little a little ahead of its time in, in you know in terms of people catching on to gaming culture. And it wasn't just the humor wasn't quite there yet. Yeah, I'll admit I, I've never seen it, but I remember seeing like previews for it going, oh boy. Yeah, here we go. Just tugging my collar. Another one of these shows. <laughs> what was the what was the story behind their fucking stupid purple pet? It was like a yeah, wall oh, with, yeah. with shit. I gotta look this up because I've never actually seen this show. Sorry, I used to get that show and and uh, tripping the riff like mixed up all the time. <laughs> you remember the stupid short that came before tripping the rift? That was on the Star Wars like like parody special or something. I remember like there was this giant like Star Wars fan film like collection that Kevin Smith hosted. And uh, well, that was on there. That was the winner. Was, yeah, it had like Darth Clown and it had the lady in there and she took out her like tits. And it was like, ooh, adult animation in 2001. <laughs> How exotic. Yeah, I remember tro- Troops is still funny. I-, I could probably still get some laughs out of Troops, but not so much the original Tripping the Rift short. Oof. I'm looking up this game over an- <laughs> show again. This this animation has not aged well. No, it looks awful. Their their dumb purple pet was played by none other than comedian Artie Lang. Artie Lang, <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw his name on there. I was like, I know what exactly who he plays. And of course, Patrick Warburton is the dad. Of course. Yep. <laughs> oh, this is like the most early 2000s cast I've ever seen in my life. It's Rachel Dratch, Artie Lang, Lucy Liu, and Patrick Warburton. That is, that is an early 2000 cartoon. Yeah. Only only Ooh. two of them are still she doing still has a career. She's yeah, on she's elementary. On elementary. She's great yeah. on that. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to see her everywhere. Wasn't she also the voice of Babe? Yes. No. 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 That was uh, Christine Gavon. Oh. Okay. Yeah, the voice of Gosselin from Darkwing Duck. Yes. 
wasn't there another lion show about the MGM lions and like they it was like called the Lion Hearts or something? It was literally about the MGM lion has a family. Whoa! Like, Whoa! <laughs> I'm gonna see if this. Sh- yeah. It, was that? It, it's real. It's a real cartoon. I, I did not I, pick this up. I, oh yeah, my god! I'm looking it up. It's from it's from '98. Leo Lionheart. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember this show. It's an MGM at all. that aired on Sunday. And he wears a big dumb Cosby sweater. Is this? Is this? <laughs> is this one of those cartoons? Is this one of those cartoons that aired on like Sunday? Yes, we talked about this last time about Sunday cartoons. Yeah. Actually, it does say aired on Saturday and Sunday mornings, which pretty much means it aired on Sunday mornings. And in a Saturday few mo- mornings at 6 a.m. Yeah. Oh, God. That was like, do you remember the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes cartoon? That was, that was a good show. That was a pretty <laughs> good show. I, I really like, uh, I like the idea of Fuzzy Tomato. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I haven't watched... Uh, I think wasn't one of the Attack of Killer Me- Tomato sequels like a it was like super meta like they talked about how they're running out of money. No, that was the first one. <laughs> Yikes! That wasn't even a sequel. This, that was straight in one, the first one. The, the second Attack of the yeah no the this, one of George Clooney that's like the eighties one and they get an endorsement and suddenly they can do all this stuff and it is that, yeah did I, that happened in the first one also. I put po- I posted that to my uh, like I was just thinking about that scene and how. Like kind of funny George Clooney wasn't it because he's just he's really trying yeah. and um I, I feel like Wayne's World kind of ripped that off. Uh, Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes is the one with George Clooney. Okay. A guy comes into their restaurant and he's giving him like all these brand products and then the main character steps into the screen and George Clooney's like, "Hey buddy, have a crest," and he just holds up a crest toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there's four Attack of the Killer Tomato movies. I yeah, there was, there was the second a one's the best. Second one's the best one. There's the a remake in the works. There um, is. It, there, there was. It, it, oh. it, I mean, that was like ten years ago. Well, how? But, uh, how could they follow up Killer Tomatoes Eat France? <laughs> well, it was it was a reboot remake that was going to be directed by the guys who do uh, did the uh, Ask a Ninja. Oh, okay. I thought. Oh. It was yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it like, I it's been over like ten years. Yeah. Well, first of all, kid kid wanted to be a politician at one point. I remember that. Kid and Play were, like, actually doing catering, and they just happened to be there, so it worked out. Oh, oh! I didn't know, because I was trying to find the reboot at the top of the house party Wikipedia. It says the lead roles were originally written for DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Yes, Man. and they it turned is... it down. Wow. You, you think Jazzy because... Jeff would have done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would have. I, I like the first House Party. It was like a legitimately funny movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it in so long. House Party 2, The Pajama Jam, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the... House Party 4 with with, uh, with Roger from Sister Sister, really not good. <laughs> hey, I'm go... not lying. That's who it stars. Look, go home, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> House Party 3 with Bernie Mac, really not good. I've seen enough furry stuff this week. I, I'm done with DeviantArt. <laughs> After the Loud House came out, there is so much gross DeviantArt of that show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's just turned into, like, uh, medieval stuff now. 
You know, it one of my favorite shows of all time, uh, Undergrads, which was an MTV show that ran for a season, uh, had a cliffhanger, and people are still pushing for that to get like a movie or or a second season, and it's it's actually kind of working. They're they're working on it at this point, so you know, it it does it does end up. I mean, like you never know what'll happen, so there's really no risk in doing that. I, I think uh, instead of rushing like a kind of like an ending that wouldn't make sense, I think cliffhangers. You know, if you really don't know how to end your show, cliffhanger might not be the worst thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's become su- it's become such a trope, though. Oh, I remember reading about or hearing about that. I think well, it's, just, it's time, just playing with everything. Isn't mostly shows they they they're told that there might be another season, so they they feel okay with it, and yeah, then it doesn't happen. Fun. Yeah, they're just they're trying to like they get people interested in the show with like and then they those people write in or. Google or, or tweet at, at the plea, whatever to be like, ah, we want more of this. We want more of Gary and Steve. We want more Gary the Rat. Oh, Gary and Steve. Oh, my God. We want more Duckman. You know, they all just try to do. That was the that was the claymation one, right? With the two About, dudes. With Harlan Williams and some other guy voicing yeah. the main characters. Yeah. I remember there's one joke in that that for some reason me and my friend found really funny. And it's when one of them is in like a bathroom stall and there's a creepy guy in the next stall. Yeah. What and he's just, what's he doing there? Pooping? <laughs> <laughs> eye coming out of the glory hole. <laughs> yes. It's called Gary and Steve. Yeah. It was on Yeah. <laughs> it was a, another a, another UPN show. It was like it was like it was like animated by like Will Vinton or something. Yes. The same dudes did the, the PJs on Fox. Mike, Gary and Mike TV show. That's what it is. Gary and Mike. Yeah. My mistake. I believe they also ended on a dumb cliffhanger too, just like them almost going off a cliff, like literally yeah. driving off a cliff, and it, and it stopped. It, it was kind of a cool concept for a show because you could put them in basically any situation because they're on a road trip. Mm. But it's such a, it's such a, it's such a dumb tease that like I, I like I hate when they just uh, go to that. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I love kind of the tease and the idea behind it, like in Clone High, when everyone got frozen, and it just ended with like everyone getting frozen except uh, Scudworth. I was like, that's a pretty good like like that's a pretty good moment that could happen. That like I, I would hope something else would happen, but those guys are obviously busy with everything I, else. I like their uh, I like they were talking about like what the future seasons would be. It was like. They graduate high. Like they graduate high school. And they go to college, and then they get sent back in time to high school, and they graduate again. Like it was like they had this really <laughs> redundant plot, and it was like it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> when I interviewed the the guy from Abandoned Pools who does the theme song, he was talking about how like like he was in the middle of all that. He was watching it all happen. He was just like, yeah, it's a real shame because they had they were really intelligent, had like a lot of good ideas for future seasons. So it's a shame. It sucks. Well, it worked out because they get to do a Star Wars. So, mm. yeah, those, dudes, those dudes are, are doing a lot of more cool shit. So I'm totally cool. Yeah, yeah. like between I, them and then the Rufio or, or what's Rusio brothers? Russo Russo brothers. brothers yeah. yeah, yeah, like those two guys are like the best duos in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah no, they can't I, uh, make bad. I, I, you know, like the the. I mean, I love Clone High, and I really liked Clyde with the Chance of Meatballs, but they really. 
really won me won me over with Twenty One Jump Street because I had no expectations for that movie whatsoever, well, there, that's and I like, went into it and I was laughing so hard, and I was like, "That was way better than I expected." I think that's where they work their best. Is even with like when I first saw the ads for Clone High, I was like, "I'm I wasn't interested," and then I saw it and I go, "I love this show." And same with the Twenty One Jump Street, or both the Jump Street movies, Lego Movie, like every time <laughs> um, if you see a movie from them and you're like, "There's no way anyone could make a good movie out of that they're excellent at it yeah cloudy with a chance of meatballs was fucking fantastic yeah Yeah. oh exactly another example we're we're not even like talking about their tv shows yeah Yeah. because like you know you have clone high and then you also have the last man on earth Mm -hmm. which you need to watch did did they work on that that wb sitcom zoe duncan jack and jane or something because i remember that being kind of funny too Because I think that was like the first thing they did. Maybe I, yeah. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh, it's 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 the only thing I remember about it was the guy who plays Lex and Smallville's in it. Like, was, okay. was that the one that was rebooted and then it became? It was just Zoe. about Zoe. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember like, wow, that sucks to be those other Dun- Duncan, Jack, and Jane. Yeah. <laughs> did she eat them like how the guy in Rice Krispies ate the fat one, ate the other one? <laughs> oh no. Because that would be a really cool way to do. So. Oh, Selma Blair with Zoe. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I can't. I can't really think of any any moment where it sort of worked at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Venture Brothers because they ended on a big cliffhanger and it took they like did. a year and a half for the second season to come out. But I can't think oh, of they any, did a good fake out with it too. Yeah, I can't think of any other season or or old show that uh, that did a cliffhanger ending and got back on. Oh, act. Actually, um, <laughs> I talked about this last night on Gable Stream, but uh, this is the weirdest ad I've ever seen. I was up at three in the morning watching TV um, in various states of sobriety, and then suddenly this, <laughs> this ad came on. Go look at you! <laughs> Sorry, okay. Look at what? Look at you! Awake on a weeknight, three a.m. watching crap TV, not even sober. What are you doing with your life and all like all this stuff? I was like, I felt like really like hurt <laughs> and like vulnerable. And but then I I do not know what it was advertising. I <laughs> what, but yeah, it was like, and I was in college. You're on the couch, you're watching TV, and your life's passing you by. You keep procrastinating over and over. Well, maybe I'll go to school next year, maybe next semester. No, do it right now. They'll work with you after work, or you can go before work. You you can do whatever you need to do to graduate. Go talk to somebody right now. They out to help you. And he and he looks like your dad, and you're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, I think those are the newer ones. I got a guy in a suit in a like shitty high eight camera just yelling in his office at you, and you're like, you're like, I'm so I'm I'm so sorry. I haven't done sorry, any- sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. There, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm up at two thirty in the morning watching Degrassi reruns. It's just it's a rough period for me, man. I haven't. I didn't see these commercials when they aired, but I watched like an interesting YouTube video about them. There were there were these like paid programming commercials by this guy who was trying to sell gold to you. Uh, his he just called himself Santo Gold, and he tried to like promote his business to make movies. It's really weird. If you look it up, if you look up Santo Gold, I think the guy who did the video on him was Oddity Archive or something. It's really fascinating. Like he got sued by he got like he got taken to court by the government for selling fake gold and stuff like that and fake credit cards. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. And they he kept trying to promote this movie through the gold commercials. And uh, this movie was never I think this movie was only shown once in one theater. And 
it's like it's like a lost piece of media that nobody's ever seen except for like two or three people. Oh and uh, it's very fascinating. So yeah, search Santo Gold. The only reason he was ever really relevant was because that singer Santa Gold was originally named Santo Gold, and he tried to sue her, so she changed her name. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, he's still trying to run his gold thing. <laughs> yeah, the commercials are the commercials are kind of creepy. Like they're telling you about the gold and stuff, and like, but in the middle of the commercial, it's like. It's like today's tip of the day, like say something nice to somebody. It's like a weird Tim and Eric sketch almost. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? It, it's really creepy. If you just search Santo Gold commercials, they'll probably come up. But um, they're they're very bizarre. It's like something that could have only existed in the 80s. And the film, by the way, I haven't even talked about the film. It's some like alien wrestling comedy. And I'm like, what the? F-? It, it's oh it's, man, it's you weird. know. If I had a dollar for every alien wrestling comedy that I had seen, I would be a millionaire. <laughs> it's all a lie. There's, there's that one episode of The Twilight Zone that everybody seems to hate where it's just robots boxing and like these two guys robot like their robot doesn't work so one of the guys gets in the robot suit and gets his ass kicked <laughs> it's, it's, it's... i'm sure yeah. i'm absolutely sure they ripped off that episode of the twilight zone oh. really yeah. i didn't know that because it was that and uh the box that came out around the semi around the same time they're trying to make movies out of twilight zone uh, sketches, basically, mm-hmm. or it's not sketches. Episodes. They're not. They're not <laughs> funny. I'm sorry. Speak, speaking of speaking of Twilight Zone stuff, um, I found out that one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's it's one of my recent favorite movies. Uh, was supposed to be the Twilight Zone movie from the '80s. Um, it's a movie called Miracle Mile. Uh, it's about the apocalypse, and it's got the it's got Goose from Top Gun in it. But like, it's. It's a really good movie, but before Steven Spielberg took over, it was just supposed to be this movie about like, like the apocalypse starting in L.A. And it's really effective, but um, I I could have seen them being like, ah, eh, it's a little too grim for a Twilight Zone movie. They just wanted to have people literally just remake Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah, and it's not really good. not uh, except for the George Miller one. That one's really good. Well, yeah, because George Miller was like right out of that was like peak George Miller. So he, yeah, well, I, although I think. George Miller's whole life is peak George Miller. So even Lorenzo's oil and happy feet. Oh, you know, <laughs> that was a dip in the peak. <laughs> Fair enough. The peak. But I like, um, I like, I like the, I like the, I like the, the terror at 50,000 feet. And then I like, I, I like aspects of the Joe Dante one. It doesn't work as a whole, but I really like the set sign in that one. No, it's funny if you watch the Twilight Zone one, the two bigger directors at the time, Spielberg and Landis, those those two aren't as good as the later two by Dante and Miller, who were less established at the time. I would say the Joe Dante one gave me the most nightmares as a kid. Like that one freaked me out pretty bad when the when one of the characters doesn't have like a mouth. Like oh, that freaked me out. You should see the original. You've seen the original episode, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that With one. The that kid one. That from one. Lost in Space, right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then the Simpsons, the Simpsons episode that does yeah. it as well. Where Homer's a Jack in the Box. Yeah. <laughs> He's on a roller coaster. I remember that imagery for some reason. Yeah, it came from the Twilight Zone episode, and that it was with the kid uh, from Lost in Space, and then they did the movie, and then they did the Simpsons. I was listening to an interview with him um, about working with Alfred Hitchcock on his show, 
And apparently Bill Mummy, the kid, uh, was like really like a real brat when he was a kid. And he was like, yeah, I was kind of running around and causing mischief. And then Alfred Hitchcock took me to the side and said, if you keep running around, I will nail your feet to the floor. <laughs> no, but the, the those pop figures, because I saw a lot, I've seen a lot of them recently. And I was like, I have a Spider-Man one from when it started, like which was, I guess, a while ago now. Um, but I don't really like them that much. Like, I don't like the, des- there's a few, I see the designs that are all right. Like, I believe it or not, and this isn't to make a dumb joke. The Shrek one doesn't look so bad. I wouldn't buy it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, it's just like not that interesting, but pop culture. The one thing that bugs me about pop culture merchandise though, is I really wanted superhero action figures when I was a kid and they never made them of the Marvel superheroes. And now there's like tons of them clearly was born at the wrong time yeah i don't i don't really that's the other thing i don't get about them it's like you if you were a kid you wouldn't play with those would you i guess they do because they're so they're they're collectibles the funko pop figures are more about people buying them and selling them later and uh they're like beanie babies yeah that's a good that's good i only bought the steven universe ones because there wasn't steven universe toys at the time well, that's the other thing is that there's ones, there's pop figures of things that you can't buy regular toys of. And that kind of, I don't know if I really like that. The the Sesame Street ones, like when it's not a human, I usually like it a little more. But when it's just like the everyone from Force Awakens, I'm like, I don't, there's so many Star Wars figures. Did we, did we really need this? I know it'll sell, but design-wise, it's like it's, sort there, of boring. There's also just ones where I'm just like, what makes this different? Like, I don't understand, like, other than the, 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 the outfit they're wearing, what makes it that special? Like, when they started making E.T. ones, and it's like, okay, here's E.T., cool. Here's Elliot. It's like, who's going to want Elliot? Like, I don't... Nobody's going to want... What's with the Elliot hate? Damn, son. <laughs> there was a, they, be like I Elliot. knew he was going to be an Elliot apologist. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying Elliot's going through a rough time. His dad's in Mexico with that lady or something. I forget. But, you know. People had a white suit entering his house. No, 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 Jim. I'm, I'm not hearing it. <laughs> You'll never take Elliot. You were always on the side of the older brother, Stev. We've all known it. You know, see, I would have drunkenly gone up and go, Elliot. <laughs> see, like, look, I, I I, love collectible stuff for, like, obscure movies. And I sometimes I think it's cool that, like, pops come out for obscure movies. But the more and more I think about it, it's like, I really wouldn't want a pop figure based on that movie. Like, like they're, they're coming out with, like, I don't know. I can't think of any specific examples for, like, obscure ones. But another toy line does kind of obscure movies. Um, Those... Those really '80s looking GI Joe-ish figures oh, that they make for movies—they look uh, horrible. What are those called? Well, I mean, they're, they're, it's like the point is to look like those old the figures from the age, like GI Joe kind of figures. I've seen a few that are cool because it's just like nostalgic, but it's so specific because you have to have bought toys in the '80s, like or been a kid who had toys in the '80s. Um, yeah. If you're not, you're probably like, "What is this junk?" Um, yeah. I mean, I. When McFarlane toys used to make like figures for, they were like they were like Bob and Doug McKenzie figures from Strange Brew. I'm just like that's kind of cool. They put a lot of detail into the figures, and I guess it just became too expensive to keep doing that. But I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind like if they made 
figures for like Last Starfighter or something. That would be really cool. Like if they did a line of like obscure 80s movies that have like cult fan bases. They're everywhere. Yeah. I see them in bodegas now. Like they're selling them. They, they, we're definitely at peak pop figure now. Like it's <laughs> it's definitely going to have to crash because you can't like Beanie Babies. They can't be big forever. Yeah, there there will be there will be like a certain line of pop figures that just turn out really bad that destroys the entire line. Like they invested a lot of money into promoting this specific line and then it just doesn't do well. Um, and they'll, they'll have a, they'll have like a, an ET for Atari, like crash soon enough. It, if not a pop figure, I would buy like magnets that are like ET Atari uh, figures. Like just like that, that would kind of suit the, the, I think the format better. If, if it was, if it was really going to be based on the Atari game, it would be a magnet that doesn't work. Yo, he's yes. falling down a hole in my house. No, you you keep thinking it could work, and it then it falls. That you know that could be actually kind of funny. Like if it slides down your fridge, and then it floats back up, and then slides back down, or something like that. My mom used to work for Acclaim Entertainment, so I grew up with a lot of those shitty movie tying games that would just be freebie promos from her job. So like half my NES and Sega library is all like crappy movie tying games. Yeah, LJN like Simpsons games and stuff like that. Uh, and I and then I was a play tester for Acclaim for a while, and I got a bunch of their horrible latter day games. Oh, well, I wanted to say something about the blind bags. Is that like um, the early blind bags really easy to figure out because on the bottom of them they usually had codes. So like you go on forums and find out which code meant what, so it wasn't actually a blind bag. Oh. But then I was starting to hurt sales because people were only buying the ones they wanted and not every the other ones. So they wound up taking off the code. But, um, yeah, it does, especially since now I have, like, two pearls and a garnet. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't well, They didn't make, like, those weren't available online, which was super annoying. Because all those shorts were so cool. And anytime one would go online, I felt like people would flip out. But Or, like, the Ardman Batman shorts were cool. Like they had, a, I really love those. I wish they had exploited that more because I think people would have been down for it. The one thing that upset me about that was the fact that they didn't, um, they never released like toys of Amethyst that set because that would have been great. Like because they did toys of Super Best Friends Forever, which were really cool. I got those. Um, fun, fun fact: if you can't go to Comic Con to get those. You should uh, research where they, who, what company made them, because they sell the leftovers on those for uh, ridiculously cheap prices. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think I got all three or all four of the Super Best Friend Forever statues <laughs> for probably fifty dollars together. All four of them. Oh my god! Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, I, it was the same st- uh, place that made uh, the inaction figures for, um, for uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, those are like those are like nice little statuettes. Yeah, I remember seeing one of them in real life. I was like, Jesus, these are really good. <laughs> they don't sell them um, on the site anymore, sadly, but I got them when they were cheap. So as mm-hmm. far as like what I don't know if I'm necessarily it's weird that I'm making a web series and I'm not really into to many web series. But um, I I grew up in high when I was in high school, I was like addicted to the Lonely Islands YouTube channel, like before they were like on SNL or anything like that, like. Like, well, they had their own website for a while and then they transitioned over to YouTube, I think, after Lazy Sunday. But I remember going on that website and watching they had a short called NES uh, Cartoon Hour or something like that. And (laughs) it's a cat in a tuxedo riding a wave. I love. Yeah, like it was just like this really like like 
big absurdist comedy channel. And that was like how I got into like, you know, I think that's how I kind of like broke away from like mainstream movie and TV comedy to kind of starting to understand like you can, there are other ways to make people laugh other than just like doing dick and fart jokes basically. And Mm. which they do, but you know, like it's, it's just weirder. Like I always liked that. It was like a weirder kind of comedy. And then of course it did awesome town and and all that stuff. But like, I, yeah, those early shorts are great. I especially like their, uh, the two episodes of that show they did, um, which is just called the lonely Island. Uh, the one where they get addicted to tooth whitener is funny. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they did a, they did a a song called stork patrol, which for some reason made me laugh so hard. The first time I saw it, I watched it recently. I didn't laugh as hard, but I, I still kind of understood. It's like this weird, like hip hop ballad. And I'm like, all right, well, I see why I laughed at this when I was a kid. It's just bizarre. It's funny that you mentioned Game Trailers because I immediately thought back to Screw Attack and all of the shows they had. And now, you know what? I did like a lot of web shows and I think about it, specifically from them. I remember watching Captain N a lot. Uh, Captain S. That's what it was called. Captain S. And then um, what was the other one? Name Tags with we're pro, pro Jared before Pro Jared. Um, and I remember I remember liking those. I don't think they've probably aged that well, but, you know. Yeah, it's hey. not it's not great. There's I, I think I watched name tags like a year ago and I, I chuckled a couple of times, but um yeah. That and then the other one was it Marble Hornets? It wasn't game that wasn't uh, screw attack, but it was like a YouTube show that was all about like it was like Slenderman before Slenderman or something like that. I don't know. It was like one of those found footage type shows. So this is just okay. anything that's online or actually uh, it's on TV, but they upload it on YouTube and it works perfectly on YouTube. Great Minds with Dan Harmon is uh, Steph, Have you watched that? I have not. Oh, you should check. You would really like it. It's uh, Dan Harmon and his uh, this guy he who's on his podcast. We kind of plucked out of obscurity and became his assistant. Um, uh, oh, Spencer, and they have a celebrity play like a great mind from history who they've time traveled to real time, and they read them the Wiki- their Wikipedia, and then go on an adventure, and that's really <laughs> cool. Um, I really that it's on YouTube. Just type in "Great Minds" with Dan Harmon, you'll find it's it. That, yeah. It was gonna say it sounds. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, it's it's really funny. It's a good such. I don't I don't know how long it'll last. It's apparently on History Channel. It's like a ten minute show, so it's good for online, but also uh. There's this one YouTube channel, and they have this series. It's called Nerd Sync. It's called Comic Misconceptions, and they go after various issues in comic books with, like, the theory behind them. And even though I haven't read some of the comic books, it's, like, very interesting. So I guess those are, like, my two right now. Uh, I I keep naming stuff, but uh, the I, I like this one channel, uh, Good Bad Flicks, um, where the – yeah, that guy is great at just detailing the history of super obscure B movies. He's Cecil, I think his name is, and like he, I, I watch that like every week. And uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a newer one I would absolutely recommend. And then the thing Jim mentioned reminds me of like a combination of Drunk History mixed with like that podcast Paul F. Tompkins does, where he talks to old authors. Like that that sounds interesting. I'm gonna have to check that out. Oh, that's that's I didn't realize Spencer was like his new like go to friend uh, uh, from like his podcast days because he's also their their DM for the Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And they actually and they actually are doing a, a series based on those Dungeon Dragon adventures called Harmon Quest. No, I, I know I haven't watched, but he did Dungeon Dragon stuff on his podcast. And I love, yeah. I'm a big Harmontown uh, fan. Uh, but uh, 
I don't know. Spencer actually, he was on Community as Annie's uh, brother, right? Oh, okay, okay. So I, yeah, so it's that guy, and he. But it's cool because they just on their podcast they do a live show, and they said we need a DM. Can anyone do it? And he he stepped up, and he's been on the show and has become like this part of it. And it's kind of kind of it's almost inspirational because you're like, oh man, how this guy become this big? I like thing? I like that. I like that just, he's like a think part of it now. Yeah, just from being a DM, he's cool. But it's it's a good it's a good show, I think, because you just have the guest star come in and do it. And uh, Spencer actually has good charisma with all the stars. Um, and I, they've had like Jillian Gillian Jacobs. Did I say that right? Yeah, I think it's yeah. Really- yeah, they had her on, and they've had they've had a bunch of different people. So, oh, they had uh, Danny Pudi as uh, I think was it the Buddha? Yeah, as Buddha, which was funny. It was it's a good show. I know that for the D and D thing, they did some animated spots for it, or like they they just yeah, they're actually no, they're um, I guess that new comedy channel CISO. Uh, like they're going to start an actual like little series about called Harmon Quest, and on Amazon Prime you can see the first episode. I know uh, that it's like uh, it's like half animated and half like them on stage doing the stuff, and Spencer's the DM, and he's very he's very nice and charismatic. I was like, oh wow, I remember when they plucked that guy out of nothing. <laughs> a buddy of mine um, actually animated on that. So, oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, because I, I haven't, I've been so far out of like just pop culture stuff. Like, I've been mostly re- watching like reruns of stuff on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and, and then like Steven Universe or Gravity Falls or whatever. So I haven't really been like keeping up. And then on my Facebook feed, all of a sudden, like uh, a uh, a classmate of mine is working on animating those segments. So I was like, oh, cool. I know someone's working with Dan Harmon. Neat. Yeah, it's done by Starburns Industries. So like, I really, it, it's really funny. Like the first episode they put on. I really like that documentary on Harmontown uh, that came out. Uh, and I like how Spencer becomes the hero like halfway through the movie and Dan Harmon just becomes like an asshole. But it's totally intentional, like as far as the movie's narrative goes. <laughs> I really I really enjoyed that documentary. So yeah, that was anybody, a good documentary. Yeah. Oh, Steb, do you have some? Or? What? Uh, like, like, like. Serial uh, like stories or what? Yeah, like, I mean, you heard our recommendations; they were all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly blanking. Um, and there hasn't been like, like a lot of like, um, YouTube shows or anything that I'm like watching each week. You know? <clears throat> oh, oh, I know, I know. Um, I really like Wisecrack. If you guys, uh, it's a channel that they do a lot of like movie-based stuff to where they like analyze movies. Uh, one of my favorite ones is Hidden Meetings, and it's like um, it's done in the style of the, the the narrator is an alien from the future looking at ancient Earth artifacts, and so like they they explain deeper meanings of movies or TV shows, but at the exact same time the humor involves with him like obviously getting things wrong because he doesn't understand Earth customs. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and they have a, they have a, um, they have a, a huge amount of different shows on there. Another one's eight bit, eight um, bit. What's it called? Uh, shit, 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 shit. Philosophy. Eight bit philosophy, where they're talking about like just different like mental things, and then they have these really awesome two D animated video game styled things to demonstrate what they're doing. Yeah, I've seen that before. That that yeah. is a good show. So right now, that's kind of like my go to channel for when I want to put something up. <laughs> <laughs> 